0: The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee
1: on Talk Radio.
0: We have ways of making you talk.
1: Well, I'm not kind to kiss and tell, but I've been seen with Farah. die for living in the movies and tv but the hardest thing i ever do is watch my leading ladies kiss some of the guy on i much time in school, but I totally ladies plenty. It's true, I hire my body out from bay. Hey, hey, I've gotten burned over Cheryl Teague's blown up for Rockwell Welch, but when I wind up in the hay, it's only hay. So...
2: Now, this is The Late Night Alternative on Talk Radio with me, Ian Lee. Catherine Boyle is there. Good evening. And you are welcome to give us a call. 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number. It's a Monday evening. It's flipping cold out there. But do you know what? I'm feeling a very, very strong vibe, Catherine. I'm feeling a very, very strong vibe about tonight's show. I
3: can feel it too.
2: It can't be as bad as um, any of the shows we did last week. Surely we can't have a second week of bad shows. Um, no pressure, but we've got two. We've got two guests um, on the show uh, this evening at eleven o'clock. Tony Hendra, um, one of the f- founders of National Lampoon, uh, the manager from Spinal Tap, and um, the, yeah, the, the one of the co-creators, co-creator or maybe creator. I'm going to say co-creator of Spitting Image, and he walked away from it because um, it was too soft. What it, he was? He said it was too soft. He wanted it to be more political. Amazing. The One Show are here as well. And no pressure, OK? But this is my chance to break into the mainstream, OK? Um, and Annie Wallace is here. Hello, Annie. Hello. You've got to come get nice and close. Yes, to... I'm
4: nice and close. Because
2: these, these microphones, I'm going to be honest, um, the, 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 the Maplins was closed and we had to get them from Tandy. Oh, um, Now, Annie Wallace, um, actor, performer, uh-huh. star of... Well, people will probably recognise you from Hollyoaks. Yes. Now, I, I'm going to be honest, I've not watched Hollyoaks for about 15 years... That's all right. Well, because I, I, well, for no, me Hollyoaks, well Hollyoaks for me was Sunday morning, um, kind of like hangover
4: recovery. Yeah, omnibus,
2: and then I stopped drinking, so
4: I didn't need.
2: <laughs> <leave. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> Sunday mornings were filled with going out and doing things, um, but it, it, but it's it's still plodding on Hollyoaks, isn't it? Yeah, uh,
4: twenty two, twenty two, twenty three years now, and going strong.
2: Isn't that insane? Because I because I, I, genuinely, I, I did love Hollyoaks when I, when I used to watch it, but it was. Um, It wasn't meant to last this long. It was meant to be a sort of quick throwaway thing with lots of beautiful people in it Um, And and it wasn't supposed to last very long, wasn't it?
4: It was meant to be a youth soap. I mean, it's what Phil Redmond did best, isn't it? It was originally his baby, you know, and he'd done Grange Hill. So I think he did that for a while, and then he moved away from that, and he formed his own TV company, Mersey Television. And he decided to do a kind of slightly more grown-up Grange Hill, dealing with kind of like post-school, college teens and that kind of thing and it just got legs and it uh, it kind of came into its own into its current kind of crazy style i think about four or five years later and it and got
2: legs and it wouldn't stop walking it, that was it, the thing it walked into the forest and um and am i right in thinking and <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm and i'm i and i do not do any research when people come on but i did do, i did google your name because i wanted to check one thing which we'll get to later yeah. right yeah. But am I? But am I? Because I like to have the conversations, and we'll find out stuff, and all of that stuff. You know, because cool. when you go and, when you go and chat to someone at a bus stop, you don't go. Can I just? I'm just going to Google you. and go going to Wikipedia <laughs> and say, Oh, <laughs> um, it, uh, Tony. Tony. He's yeah. he's the character. He's like the Ian Beale, isn't he? Yes. Of Hollyoaks. He's he's the only original character still in it.
4: Yes, the only original in the, from day one. Yeah. But we do have some uh, characters who've been in since very early who were originals like Steph Wearing, okay. who played uh, Cindy Cunningham, still does. Yeah. And then, of course, we've got uh, Jimmy McKenna, yeah. who plays uh, Jack Osborne. Mandy's oh. still in it, isn't she? She's just come back. Ah. She went away for a few years, and now she's back again, along with Luke Morgan. He's come back as well. So we've got quite a few kind of old-school ones in it now. After them being away for a while, they've How- kind of come back as Adults.
2: By the way, if you want to talk to Annie, you can. 03444991000 is the phone number. We'll, we'll call you back. And um, we got Gary and Alan and, and Jonathan. We'll come to you in a minute. How long have you been in it for?
4: Two and a half years. Okay, because
2: I'm, I'm, I'm aware that mo- <laughs> most of our questions will be.
4: Yeah, now, in um,
2: 2005, what <laughs> happened? So, you, you know, I, this is a real test to see whether you're, you're uh, worthy of having that job. Of course you are. I'm teasing. <laughs> um,
4: I do my best. Um, who
2: was. There was my favourite character, Jambo. Well, no, not Jambo. Was there one Miller?
4: Yeah. Wasn't there one called
2: um, Buckethead?
4: Bombed.
2: Bombed. Bombed. <laughs> yes. And Bombed was, was a bit soft in the head, wasn't
4: he? I'm not sure. Uh, but I like what. Well, it was great. It's I, been a long time ago because I watched it yeah. for a few years. Yeah. And then I kind of stopped watching it for a while. Um, so I kind of know the beginning few years, but um, I've had to, the rest of it, I've had to do lots and lots of internet and, and try and, because I'm working with people who know everything and I'm yeah. like, I didn't want to be the dumb one who was like, oh, oh, so what's your relationship to that character? Oh, yeah, of course. And like when I came in, I, I like drew myself a McQueen fan tree. I wow. did, and I put it up on the wall in the bedroom so that I kind of knew where everyone, and that was a hard one. <laughs> if the, you're going to research any family, McQueen. the McQueen's is the hardest.
2: So yes, you, you're like Robert De Niro with your method, you are, that's I'm incredible. A, I'm just a geek.
4: <laughs> Can you? Because um,
2: Holly, I, 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 I don't watch much television, but there are programs like Hollyoaks and EastEnders and Coronation Street that are now part of the furniture. You, you yeah. know, they are, they are comfy. And if, and if we're flicking through the TV, and if Holly Oaks is on, we will watch ten minutes of it. If, if uh, the only one we won't watch is Emmerdale. Emmerdale. I like Emmerdale. What are you talking about? Emmerdale Farm. No, you don't. When it's on, you know it's boring.
3: It's not Emmerdale Farm anymore. I now know, it's sexy. It's just Emmerdale. There's
2: no Sugdens right. in it. No, no. There's no Sugdens in it. How Not can one. it be Emmerdale Farm without a well, Sugden? Well, there is. Who? There's Robert Sugden.
4: Oh, yeah.
2: I mean, that's very tenuous, though.
4: No, he's the son of Jack Sugden, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he, so... he, he is. And Jack was... Um...
2: Molly's son. Molly's one son. One of Molly's sons. So he's
4: kind Molly. of like... Annie, right?
2: Annie. No, Annie's son. Mo- who's Molly Sugden? She... Molly Sugden is a real-life
3: person. She's Mrs. Slocum, isn't Mrs. she? Mrs. Slocum. Okay. Yes. And in the 70s... I'd love to see her in Emmerdale. Molly...
2: But in the 70s... <laughs> <laughs> did 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 the general did the general public know that pussy meant vagina? Because because think... that's the joke, isn't it? They'll oh, come and stroke my pussy. Uh, sorry. We're talking you mean, uh, about vagina.
3: Are you being served now? Not Emmerdale. That was never in Emmerdale, as far as I know.
2: No, no. it no. will be now. It's filthy. But I always thought that you can't use any of this on the One Show. I always <laughs> no. thought that. Um, and I, it's my least favourite word for for, for I, 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 I hate it. Yeah, I, but I always thought that was like a sort of an Americanism from the eighties. But if they were doing that in Britain in the seventies, I don't think my mum would have got that joke.
3: Well, that's probably why they got away with it.
2: I, what I'm doing is I'm arguing that "Are you being served?" is is more sophisticated than we we actually give it. Credit for it, it was a weird program, Mum, because yeah. she's talking about her vagina. Mm-hmm. There's um, um, Mr Humphreys who is is he's he, okay it sounds like he's he's offering to help a customer but actually he's saying he's open for gay sex at any point <laughs> it was a he me- it? Is that what he's saying? it was a messed up show wasn't it god wasn't the 70s out different times different times you've got to remember they
3: couldn't you couldn't be overt about a lot of this stuff until around that time so they were cutting edge back then
2: god I don't think Mr Humphries was ever cutting edge <laughs> I don't I don't know if that really forwarded um gay rights very much at all I don't know um so um, I tell you what, I'm going to introduce you to one of our regular callers. So put your headphones oh, on. Oh, uh, poor headphones. Annie. <laughs> Alan, say hello to Annie. Evening, Annie. Evening, in. Evening, Calf. Good evening. First of all, in, I bear good news on my mum's front. On your mum's front, what? So, She's oh, back you... home. <laughs> She's out of hospital. She came home this evening at five to eight. That's late, isn't it? What was she doing all day? Waiting for transport to bring her oh, home. Oh, bless her. How's she doing? He's a lot better. We held um, three minutes um, meditative silence Magic silence, yes. Yeah, magic. magic silence, but where where people, if they wanted to pray or send energy or vibes or good, all of that, and we did it and we had uh, ten callers on the line and, and all 500 listeners did it. And um, it would appear, Alan, that that's actually better than any medical treatment she received. The power of healing does wonders. It does. Now, the bill is quite expensive for this. <laughs> so, you, you owe me a £1,000. Put it on my jungle tab. Your jungle tab. If...
5: On um, the I, money I had on you, you winning King of the Jungle.
2: Okie dokie, well... And okay.
5: also, I've got a question oh. for Annie. Oh, here we go. Stay a whole question, test a trivia. Oh, no, that
4: <laughs> won't! <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna test me? Yeah. <laughs> you okay. Know Tom Cunningham? Tom Cunningham, yes.
5: What was the name of his brother and his mate?
4: Uh, well, his brother was Max, yeah, I believe, and his mate. Come on, Annie. Uh, Destroy uh,
2: Alan! Destroy uh. Alan! Destroy him! It's a
4: great double act. Oh, uh, Max and Obi! Ah, oh, you got me! In your face, Caddy! <laughs>
2: Thanks for calling. <laughs>
6: Thank you. Tell you what, that was a moment I
3: felt really old when I saw how big Tom Cunningham is now. He's not a little child 18. anymore.
2: They're not. Um, I know. Um, how many viewers does it get these days, Hollyoaks?
4: Um, well, it's shown quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> across, uh, it, It's uh, we, we have a, a digital department that makes sure that, that happens. Uh, but I think the main one on Channel 4, it gets about a thousand. Uh, so a, thousand a thousand? Million, wow. million. Shh, <laughs> what did I say? So no, no uh, We get about a million on, um, That's all right, on Channel 4, and we get... A about seven hundred thousand or something on E4, oh, which is right. the first look. Yeah, and then of course a lot of them watch it on um, on
2: their f- their phones, on demand, tablets.
4: Yeah, that, that that accounts for quite a big audience. So you know we're, we're we're bigger than you might think, and that's certainly borne out by the sheer number of people who still come up to to us. And and it's like if if we were a tiny soap, yeah, they wouldn't. So I um we're quite lucky.
2: For the last sort of five, ten years, I've got recognised occasionally in the street, but not very often. There'll be someone Mm. who thinks I'm Marlon Dingle or Ralph Little. There'll be someone, (laughs) you know, there'll be some old guy that remembers the 11 o'clock show or or, or someone might have seen me do a Big Brother thing, but generally I've been quite anonymous. Then I did that nonsense in the jungle Mm -hmm. and um, I I hadn't calculated how big it was. Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and um, you, you come back and it's just it's starting to die down a little bit now. But it's everybody. Well, they're not even doing the nudging and the because okay, over there they're doing that. They're doing that. <laughs> yeah, they're doing that. Yeah. I was on the phone today walking down Windsor High Street, and uh, this woman, she was quite rude. She came up to us on the phone. She go, Ian, can I get a selfie? And because I've not quite worked out the boundaries yet, I went, I'll call you back. She started chatting, I said, let's let's hurry up. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But the the thing for me is kids, kids recognise me now, I've never had that, and I love it. Ten-year-olds come up to me and they go, Ian, I love it, because, you know, I'm a big fan of kids. We should all go and, I was going to say, pat them on the head, but I wouldn't, actually, we should should all not go and do that. Um, But what, what, what... What was it like the first time? Was it the first episode of Hollyoaks went out, then you went out to get a pint of milk the next day, and people going, hey,
4: flipping heck! No, it wasn't quite that quick, Um, but it was within a week or so. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, And it was just that kind of sudden recognition. Uh, It was lit... Well, the most... Strange example, I suppose. It was about, it was about three weeks into it. And it was three weeks' transmission, but, of course, I'd been filming for about two or three months. Yeah. So, for me, I was well into the job by that point. And um, I had a few days off, so I went into B&Q, as, as you do, you know. Get myself a screw- new screwdriver and a packet of screws, as you do. Yeah, And beautiful. Um, th- this chap came... We well, walk- want
2: to know what you were building. That's... Uh...
4: I think I was putting down carpet... You know, the, 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 those strips you go down underneath the door. Oh, yes. I think I was doing the Oh, you're can very I, handy, are can aren't I remember you? that? Oh, I'm very handy. Yes. I'm very handy, very <laughs> geeky. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> this guy's walking towards me, kind of in this dirty big overall. He's about six foot two tall. He's, he's probably about 55 years old. Proper tradesman yeah. walking towards me, and I'm kind of going, oh, oh, I'll just go over to the side. And he walks right up to me, and he goes, that is an amazing storyline that you do. I think you're fantastic. <laughs> and he just turned round and walked off. And I burst into tears. No! Because it, it was like, it confounded every expectation yeah. that I had. Yeah. That essentially there was a bunch of, um, well, not a bunch, but a whole load of people who were like under 35 years old who, who were addicted to all the oils. And there's this guy, yeah. older than me, who took the time to come up to and talk to me about my storyline. It was just the best thing ever well, this to is, happen to you in a few weeks. This, yeah. is,
2: well, this is what I mean about it being part of the furniture. It is, you know, it, you, you think it's, oh, it's a kid show. But you're right, people like that.
4: Isn't yeah. that funny? And, and I would say 50-50, the people who come up to me are a complete mixture of old and young. Yeah. I've been really surprised and delighted about okay. it, obviously.
2: Um, we'll speak to Gummy Gary in a minute. 0344... <laughs> 499-1000. What, what Gary... Well, well, we'll find out what he's going to say. 344 499 I'm Ian Lee. This is The Late Night Alternative on Talk Radio. Neon-lit night talk for
0: torch singers, trolley dollies and train wrecks like me. Oh. never know. Just where the conversation will take what you. What I'm going to say sounds ridiculous. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio.
2: Evening, dear listeners, you're listening to Talk Radio on DAB. Maybe you've downloaded the app, or perhaps you're listening to us uh, on talkradio.co.uk. You can even watch us right now, live as it happens, on periscope.tv slash e and You'll have seen Catherine Boyle there waving, and you'll have seen Annie Wallace there waving. That's waving. They can do well. Can we stop now? Um, How would you get into acting? Uh, from school. Yeah?
4: Uh, the kind of traditional path of getting into school productions and doing stuff like that and then wanting to go to drama school but finding that um i couldn't so when i left school um why
2: couldn't you money 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 Money.
4: um very standard working class family aberdeen and i had to basically go to either edinburgh or glasgow or even further south yeah and that's the, the fees for the school and of course the accommodation and living and everything and obviously that's usually a parental responsibility and they just couldn't afford it and I had to give up the dream and I kind of wanted to do it for a long time and just sort of did some amateur stuff and um, did some bits and pieces, short films and things and then um, when I was doing some stuff for Corey, Mm. I got pulled into hanging out with the actors in the bar afterwards and they were like, why didn't you go to drama school and this is money and this is, you do realise that you can get a student loan now and there's two drama schools in Manchester, yeah. and I went.
2: Really? And did that kind of like awaken the beast again? You see, you, you, yeah. that dream had sort of just been you're working in TV, but not acting. And that dream was there. And then they said that, and it's like,
4: oh me, gosh, <laughs> really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you flattered me. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. It was a bit of a surprise. And, and 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 they said, well, you know, obviously you get a student loan. Thankfully, much smaller than it is now. It's horrendous now. But um, yeah, and I thought, well good heavens, I, well, how old would I have been? I was 35 and I thought to myself if I'm going to do it do it, Yeah. because the job had been getting me down and I thought, okay I'll take three years out and I'll do it and hopefully it'll, it'll be fun and it was, it was immense fun and I learned so much and I absolutely got the bug again. Yeah. But it took a long time to kind of <clears throat> build a career because I didn't get an agent, first of all. And that's, th- that's one of the big things when yeah, yeah. you're at drama school. If you get an agent, you get more auditions than if you're just a solo
7: actor.
4: So it took a long time, and then uh, eventually I got um, I got an audition for Shameless, and I did one episode of that, where wow. I played a very naughty head teacher. Yeah. yeah, didn't you end up splitting up Frank and his missus? Yes, I did. <laughs>
3: outrageous.
4: <laughs> me, me and Frank did awful things on the teachers' uh, day. Really? I remember. Oh, wow. Do you, do you? I do <laughs> remember. And um, and then uh, a few years later, obviously, uh, Hollyoaks came along, and it was just like dream job.
2: Okay. Now you mentioned Coronation Street. I didn't know. I've read two different, slightly different accounts online. Were you, were you the inspiration for Hayley? Was Hayley Cropper based on you?
4: Not initially, right? No, I the. the character was created by the writers and producer at the time um, back in 1997 yeah. as a joke character <laughs> 1997, wow. wow, a joke character joke character, we've we've just had um, Hayley Cropper's 20th anniversary jeez man, and she ended up being one of the most loved characters that soaps ever had unbelievable,
2: Julie Hesmandela of course <laughs> tw- 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 <laughs> 20, <laughs> 20, I know. 20 years ago that was was it?
4: yeah, her, her, oh, her debut yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm so, so old so, so they invented that and, um, and they did, they did the story and whatnot. And it was really only. I mean, you look at it now in terms of the timeline. She was only in it for about three months. And yeah. in that three months initially, just like totally captured the imagination of the viewers. And a lot of them, are the very, you know, very staid kind of viewers. We should
2: say, because then we've got some people who get, who, get this, don't watch Coronation Street. No, no. Um, Hayley Cropper was, um, was trans, was... Um, was um, I always get the terminology wrong, so correct me, but was um, transitioning from a, from a man to a woman. Yeah. Am I close with the? Yes, yeah, was. I always was. want to get, try and get the right words. Um, and the fir- I'm going to say the first, most definitely the first trans character in a British soap. Completely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah first by trans trans character
4: practically on television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely groundbreaking, and and before they had the first gay character. I mean, obviously EastEnders did, but Corrie had a trans character before a gay yeah. character. So that was very brave of them, but at the same time, they realised they were onto such a good thing, and they decided that obviously they had to hang on to her. And Julie's such a great actress; it was, and, and the pairing just worked. Mm-hmm. So that was the point that they kind of reached out and said, "Look, we'd like a bit of advice on um, from someone who's been there and worn the t-shirt, as it were." And um, so I was kind of picked out of a, a group of willing volunteers, and uh, yes, yeah, so a lot of what happened to her then was shaped around things that had happened to me and then her character got quite close to me and then she got a life of her own Mm. about a year or so later that didn't need me around. What kind of things do you feel that you stayed them with? with it? Um, It was about things that had happened to her um as a child things that had uh, affected her development things that happened in a very prosaic sense such as um you know her tax records being found out at her employer with an old name and that kind right, of thing Right. yeah so that kind of thing and also just just what it felt like mm. what it felt like uh, in, in being so out of place yeah and that kind of Lent itself to the storyliners and the scriptwriters, and they went off and, and did that. And um, yeah, that was immensely. When
2: was you talk the, the thing, you, well, it felt like being out of place. Yeah. What, when when were you out? When did you feel out of place? Oh, well, when I was five years old. Really? Yeah. What What did it, What did that feel like? Can you? Try, what did that feel? Like? I know it's an impossible question, but uh, you're good with words. What did that feel like being out of place at five?
4: Um. Very odd. Because, yeah. because you feel you belong to one social group and not the other. And yet every, everyone's telling you that that's wrong. And you go. I should be playing with them. And, and were you that. actually
2: saying it as as bluntly as that to your your, your mm, parents, yeah, or you, was yeah. it more of an internal?
4: It's not something you actually say out. Like, well, some people do, but I think I think I was initially just kind of going, no, I can't really talk about this. This is not oh. something that. So I, I did keep it in for a long time, and then I think I was about eight years old when I finally said it to my mum because it was like really came me down, mm. and uh, mum didn't react very well. She was. Um, don't you ever say that, and that kind of thing. So, I, wow. and, and I never did again. I it was like, I, I went, whoa, this is not what, something you tell people. What did you say to her that you felt like you... Yeah, I just said, mm. I said, something's gone wrong. I said, I'm, I'm a girl. Yeah, That's just who I am, and, and it, it's kind of that simple. And, oh, how dare you? It was awful. It was, mm. wasn't great. And, you know, obviously it takes a long time before you can kind of do something about it, and that's... That's what happened.
2: If, by the way, if I ask anything that's too personal, tell me to jog on, yeah. You know, which I know you <laughs> will do. Yeah. But right. I also get the feeling that I could pretty much ask you anything. You go and what's great is cause we've never met, but we've spoken on the phone once, and and um, we've sort of communicated quite a lot through Twitter, yeah. uh, Which is which is which is lovely. So I kind of feel like I know you better than I do because we kind of tweet yeah. tweet each other in bits and pieces and and, and all kinds of stuff. Um, but um, so, do you?
4: Are your parents still around? Uh, my dad died in twenty. 14, unfortunately, mm. before I got the job, so he never quite saw it, oh. but I know. Yeah, uh, Mum is still yeah. She's she's in hospital at the moment because she fell over and did her hip. I think oh. a lot of people, unfortunately, of her age yeah, do it. Yeah. So, um, but she's fine. She watches it. She's very proud.
2: Yes. We can we'll do a three minutes energy silence for her. <laughs> oh,
4: for is sure. she still <laughs> yeah, up, It works now. Is she's, she's recovering well. <laughs> is she
2: still up in Aberdeen?
4: Yes. Yeah. The family's up in Aberdeen. Yeah. My sister and cousins and everything. Yeah.
2: And ha- she must be really proud because I know my mum loves it when I'm on telly and you know, yeah. and it's, it just makes her day. I, I was out with her filming with this lot, and um, I got wrecked, and someone went, oh, Ian, we loved." you. And she, I said, oh, this is my mum, and she loved the fuss being made. Does your mum... She, she must be really proud. Yes, yeah,
4: she really is, because <clears throat> she she helped me as much as she could... For the, the kind of drama and that. Like she um in nineteen eighty she took me down to London for two weeks to be on the at the National Youth Theatre. Oh, and yeah. she she so she paid for that kind of thing and she encouraged me as much as she possibly could. She was always saying on the side, of course, you've got to have a proper job. Of course, yeah. Because acting obviously you know, never done a little bit of acting. And it's like now it's wow, you did it. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, mum, but that was against the odds, you know, yeah. because to get but a, a, a character like I have on Hollyoaks, the odds are absolutely mm. enormous, mm. and I never thought it would happen. So for me, it's like, yeah, every dream came true. <laughs>
2: and she's cool now that she's got a daughter.
4: Oh God, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: She's cool with that. She
4: spent six months trying to get her head round it when I transitioned back in the late eighties, and um, she took a long time to get kind of really comfortable with it. Yeah, she, she only said it once. She went, <clears throat> "Are you sure?" Are you sure this is the right <laughs> thing for you? Because you know, oh. and I was like, "Yeah, mom, that's I'm a good sure.
2: question to ask, though." Are you sure? That's yes. a real case,
4: mum question. It is it's um, great Because you are going to go. Oh, silly me! Do you know what? <laughs> Ridiculous! All oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, dad. Uh, dad wouldn't see me for fifteen years. So really? Yeah, he wouldn't have me in the house, and he, he would speak to me in the phone in terms of, "Oh yeah, yeah, uh, okay, how are you? Okay, here is your mum." So um for 15 years we had no no relationship whatsoever Mm. and really it only kind of came back when he had a bit of a health scare and he kind of collapsed and was taken up to hospital and I think he got quite a shock of his own mortality and completely off his own bat when I went up at Christmas I always used to go up at Christmas to say hi and and instead of doing what he usually did which was dash out to the pub when he knew I was coming because I had to phone first okay I'm on my way over I'll get rid of him And he'd stayed, and he stayed in the house. And Mum answered the door, the door, and she went, "Your father's here." I went, "What?" And she just went, "I don't
7: know."
4: <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, oh, I went, good for him." What, what, okay, hi, Dad. And he was like, "Oh, hi, yeah. You want a beer?" <laughs> and he—he'd literally—he'd not told anyone he was going to do it. He'd not planned to do it. He literally was right. I'm going to face this, I'm going to do it. And once he kind of, as we all kind of knew would happen, Mm. once he realised that the reality was nothing like his innermost fears, like I was going to turn up in a Laura Ashley frock with two kittens under each arm kind of thing, (laughs) that I was actually pretty much the same person. Mm-hmm. He relaxed, he just instantly relaxed. And he showed me his computer stuff upstairs and chatted to me. I, I can't get on the internet. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Can you, how do you get this modem oh, online? Oh, good for him. So we had a relationship, a kind of father relationship, for about, oh, what was it, 2006? Yeah, for about eight years. Oh, so good, good, good. So we had a reconciliation, yeah. which probably saved me an absolute fortune in uh, analysts' fees. Yeah. Of um, you know parental distancing and that kind of thing. Good
2: for him. My granddad was from Aberdeen, and um, they're tough old buggers, and they yeah. love going down the pub. <laughs> Why? My, uh, my granddad, my granddad Jock was his was his name, and I, he had such a thick Aberdeen accent. And when I was like five Doric. or six, oh, wow. I,
4: you, can, you can't understand it, Doric, Because you all talk like that. I can't... Say but also, when I
2: go and we go and see them on like a Sunday, and he'd be pissed, yeah, because he, worse. he oh, God, so and I'd be sat there. And he'd just be talking to me, and he was such a lovely bloke. And I wish I could sit at his feet again and listen to him. And he'd be t- chatting to me, and I'd be like... <laughs> and, if, and if there was a silence, I'd go,
4: yeah. Oh. And it was, but, so, but I know they're tough old buggers from Aberdeen. Oh, it's, well, it's a cold place. Yeah, It's a cold, it's a cold place, and it's... Uh, yeah, but it, it, they are... It's a strange city because it's really isolated. Mm. It's like, you know, it's three hours from um, from Glasgow. It's two and a half from Edinburgh. It's kind of out there by itself. Yeah. So it's kind of very self-sufficient. They have their own factories. Well, they had their own factories of making stuff and everything. Even, even made their own lemonade, you know, like outsold Coca-Cola by a million to one. It, so that independence is... It, and that difference, a separateness from, like, the central belt of Scotland that yeah. everyone kind of feels all together kind of definitely influenced
2: me. You'd have been brought up of course on Ur Willy and the Bruins Absolutely,
4: the Sunday <laughs> post and the Sunday I to,
2: Every Christmas I'd get an Ur Willy annual and the Bruins and I just could not, I could I, you know, couldn't I, I couldn't say it and I could Jings, that was it
4: 0344
2: 499 1000 we've got loads of phone calls, I don't know if they want to talk to you or not okay. but we will go to them in a second my name is Ian Lee, this is Talk Radio and we're going to throw to a break
0: no rules, nocturnal mattering for night birds, nurses, and Nosferatu. All <laughs> <laughs> ah, right, cool. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on
2: Talk Radio. We have Annie Wallace. The, I'm going to say it, the star, the star of Hollyoaks. She oh. is Hollyoaks. <coughs> no, yeah, the no rest man. of
3: them can go home. No, I'm
2: still so not. The only reason <laughs> to watch it these days. Um, we've A got you t- we got We've got you until eleven. Um, let's let's take some calls, I don't know, I've got no idea what they want to say, um... I'm uh, on. Yeah, Gary, you're on. Hello, you all Yeah, Gary, could you turn the radio off, please, mate? The radio is off. Okay, good lad. What, what would you like to say? Uh, nice to have Hollyoaks
8: on as well, though. It is nice to have have Hollyoaks on,
2: yes. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Hollyoaks is here,
8: yes. But Star Wars, didn't like it. Went to see Star Wars, didn't like it. Okay.
2: But did you like (laughs) Hollyoaks? Hollyoaks is good, yeah, definitely. Is Hollyoaks better Wars, than Star Wars? No, Star Wars was well, rubbish. It, w- it was. I, 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 are you about to dif- jump to the defence? I'm a big
6: fan. I'm a collector oh. of toys as well.
2: Are you? Well, very <laughs> hang-
6: disappointed.
2: Now let's get. Let's get. Um, Let's get the uh, actual word on the new Star Wars from a professional performer. (laughs) Annie, you you kind of sucked in your breath there as if you were shocked by that. I thought the new Star Wars was pony as well. It's too long. I thought it was
4: fun. Oh, no.
2: Mm.
4: Where (laughs) was the fun bit? I thought it was fun. I'm very easily pleased. Sorry, love. What did you say?
6: It was good in places. It just seemed disappointing overall compared to all the others.
4: All the
3: others, what, even the really rubbish ones, the prequels. You know, you
2: know where yeah, I yeah. stand on those. Well, you know, my favourite one is Revenge of the Sith. Awful. Um, yeah, yeah, my favourite is Revenge of the Sith as well. There yeah, we go. You see, Revenge of a good film. It was, yeah, no, but this last one, like, it was two and a half hours long. It was, it it was the, all... the bit, the bit
8: where um, Luke bit.
2: Skywalker's doing all, all, flicking his shoulder and all of that. Come on.
8: Uh. I'm not but saying got it was. Bits, but yeah, got... yeah, overall, it was horrible. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Oh, we're all were I don't yeah. think
9: it were horrible. I think
4: I it were nice.
8: End, it
9: just looked like weird and stupid. Yeah, well,
2: OK. <laughs> it
3: has to be on the poster. Horrible, yeah. weird and stupid, <laughs> Gary. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, well that's, uh, thanks for t- talking to us uh, for a film that was released three months ago. Uh, no. Uh, are we done?
3: Oh, uh,
9: uh, my, my nephew's on uh, Twi- Twitch at the moment. Twitcher? Playing COD. Twitch. Twitch. Playing COD.
2: Okay, I'm, I'm a bit. I'm a little bit too busy to watch now. I'm doing a radio show. People, <laughs> just okay. watching. Okay. Well, thanks for calling, Gary. All right, no worries. There we go. You see. Um, That's fun. There we go. Uh, for him, it was. Uh, let's go to Sandra. Good evening, Sandra.
10: Hello there. Hello, Sandra. Hi. Ian. Hi Ian. Well, sir, I'm from Dundee, down the road from Aberdeen?
2: There we go.
10: <laughs> Which is just uh, like to Uh I wasn't. I wasn't near Glasgow then.
2: Dundee, um, so, home of the dandy, and I only yeah. i only just realised. DC Thompson. DC Thompson. The, D. C. Thompson, okay. the dandy, they don't, they don't make it anymore.
10: No. They don't make it anymore. No. I know DC Thompsons are, I know, defunct, but I mean, I, I love the Bruins, the Valley as well,
4: oh. and Hunter Wist. Hunter Wist,
10: guy. Hunter I
2: do not I don't understand. Press your red buttons at home if you've if got a red button, and the subtitles will pop up. That's right. What do you want to say, Sandra? Do you want to reminisce about Scotland?
10: Well, I was just—I was just going to going to say that was a fantastic. I don't watch Hollywood, but that was a fantastic conversation. So I will watch Holly from now on. Hey, it works. <laughs>
4: Thank you very much. It works. Oh my goodness! Uh, I attracted I, a list. I, I watch her. I, That's I'm, fantastic. Thank you. <laughs>
10: I've, I've got two sons with autism, and they say the same thing—that they feel different. Uh
4: huh. Yes. Yeah, you know, of
10: course. It's how we make society different for them. How old? You know, how old I are your boys, time? Sandra? Well, they're not boys anymore. They're 14 and 19. Well, they're still you know? they're still your
2: little babies.
10: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they always will be. I was in London two weeks ago with them. You know, we went to lots of shows and stuff, so that was great. But I wanted to ask you, are you a favour, Ian? You don't mind?
2: A favour? Well, Have hang got... on a minute. Okay. Well, it depends. But if it involves money. On yes.
10: No, it doesn't involve money. Don't worry. It's. <laughs> It's on Facebook, it's a, a page called Our Community Space. And they're based in Dundee. And they, they're they doing what David Cameron said about the big society and all that. They feed children who are starving. Oh, yeah. And they're all doing funding. But tomorrow they're having I'm a Celebrity Night. Oh. Would you mind putting something on the page with saying hello?
2: and? Where, what, on the Facebook page?
10: Yeah. Right. What's it,
2: what's it called? It's called Our Community Space. Our Community Space? Base, yeah, space,
10: yeah, in the basement
2: in Dundee. OK, let's have a little look. Uh, our Community Space. There we go, you're having a bush tucker trial. Oh, dear. Oh, Yay, mate. Yeah, that was a sister. Mate, if, <laughs> if you're not eating camel's brains and a pig's vagina, then you ain't doing it properly.
10: <laughs> uh, these these kids, honestly, some of these kids, honestly, and they don't get enough to eat. You know and, and
2: yeah, yeah, they don't wanna they don't wanna eat that though, do they? <laughs> <laughs> they don't they don't well, wanna eat scorpions and turkeys' testicles. No. Maybe they do. I don't know how. I don't know. I tell you what, I've got the page here. In the next break I'll I'll type I'll type a little message um, there's the the, mm-hmm. the first post that's up there about, there's got a picture of the Bush Tucker trial. I'll, I'll, I'll type know. a little message. I
10: oh, that's great. And thank you, because, I mean, my sister, I mean, all our family have got diabetes and she lost her leg last year and you offer so much support. Oh,
2: flipping and it, you're, you're having a run of bad luck, aren't you?
10: Oh I, oh, I know. I
2: know. I mean, that, that, my mother in got dementia as well. Oh, <laughs> mate, I'm just... sorry. How? What are you? What are you doing? How, how are you looking after yourself? Because there's a lot going on around you, and it's important, I think, for the people, you know, that everyone kind of comes to as a, as a shoulder to cry on or someone to lean on. That they've got, you know, fun things happening. So, how are you looking after yourself, Sandra?
10: Well, do you know what I do, Ian? I, I read a book, or if I can, I go to the theatre for a couple of hours.
2: You uh, go, go to the theatre... Were-
10: yeah, or I go to a theatre, or I, I go and see, like, a Star Wars film. And a Five oh fi Beat. So don't, don't see the Star know, Wars I'm film. Sorry.
2: Don't go and see the Star Wars film. <laughs> um, I, tell you soul, soul, soul? I tell you what's... Do go- you a coming up. I tell you what's a good yeah. film, and Kath saw it d- oh th- yesterday. Goodness. I still and I saw can't
7: talk about
10: it. And a
2: while ago. C- Coco. Have you seen Coco? No, it's not amazing. Oh, Sandra, yeah. have you seen Coco? Yes, I
10: have. Isn't yeah. it
2: incredible? Wow.
10: Yes. Yeah, it's beautiful. I tell you
2: what, it's, it's, a, it's a kids, it's a Pixar, it's a kids' film, but quite often... Uh, the The problem I've got, Sandra... Is a lot of these kids' films? They're not really for kids. They're they're for adults, but they mm-hmm. look like. It. But this is this is a proper kids' film. There's no mucky jokes in it. That like little wink to the mums and dads. Yes. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. It's just a really really good story told beautifully. You, you have a little cry a couple of places. Just, just mm-hmm. perfect, perfect. Uh-huh.
10: I know. And do you know what? What, what I think the ads have been totally cut. You don't know I mean with all these cuts that are going on. Yeah. At the moment, and they shouldn't be cut. You know, kids, kids should have access to arts. You know, my oh, daughter, who's, who's, been, who's now, who's twenty four, is going back. And oh, guilty, I get, and I like, get you know, this. Listen, and the first
2: thing, whenever there's a recession or austerity, mm-hmm. the arts. First thing is the art. Cause we, don't, we don't need we don't need um, theaters please. We don't need museums. We don't, need, cheating so we off don't after need
4: the rest of stuff we have to
2: go through. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. But the, <laughs> but, art, but the thing about art is that it, it's worth more than the money that's spent on it because it, it makes you feel good about yourself, about your community, about society, exactly. about life, exactly. beauty. Exactly. We want beauty in our lives. Mm-hmm. Now, some people get that from going and looking at a, you know a picture that's that's five hundred years old. Some people get it from a silly statue. Some people get it uh, say silly you know because it's sort of obscure. <laughs> they get it from all different kinds of things uh-huh yeah i
10: think about it ian from like i just, i wrote a blog about this and i mean the very first signs of, of like um civilization were cave paintings and yeah. they still survive you don't know I mean that's a record of you don't know I mean the first time you communicate with each
4: other yeah
2: i'm, I'm listening i'm typing a message on your facebook page
4: oh, art's very you. important to the entire human race doesn't matter whether you take part in it a lot or a little, but art is very important. It's it's an, it's how we express exactly. ourselves. I know,
10: I know, and it's a project that you probably know about it called Our Big Noise Most First.
2: Our big in noise, the, what's that?
10: Well, it was based on the Venezuelan project and it was teaching working class kids how to play a, an instrument. Right, okay. But well, they're getting they all their all their funding
2: cut. Yeah. It's they everywhere. It's everywhere. It? And it's outrageous. Particularly when you're doing it with kids. You know, cut right, my funding, because exactly. I've got a few quid and I've lived. But for kids, you know, they're, 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 we should be throwing all these opportunities mm-hmm. at them and seeing which ones stick. Um, yeah. And, and as I said before, my daughter My daughter and my son
10: just love towns and, and sort of watching it and taking part in it. Yeah. And it's so important making them round as human beings. You know what I mean? And letting them know that the actors are everybody. I just wanted the wealthy, because when I, I was in London and they sort of um, passed the Royal Opera House and it was, like, the opening night and it was people collecting old choices and all that, that on their jewellery, so I went said, but... Um,
2: well, listen, um, uh, Sandra, listen, I wish you the very best of luck. I've just posted a little message on your on your community oh, space. thank you. Um, thank I hope you. it goes really, really well and, um, you know, just, just put in some live cockroaches and stuff in there as well, because otherwise it's not. <laughs> okay, thank I you for your call, Sandra. Take Ta-ta. Bye-bye. Bye. There we are. What a nice lady. Yes. We get some... Um We'll have a quick break. We'll have a few more calls and we'll... Uh, if you think you want to plug we'll plug away we've got you one new viewer that's worth that's brilliant that's worth the train fare that, no might, that
4: might take us up to the million <laughs> we <laughs> might have been on 999999 just waiting for the extra one waiting for that
2: <laughs> um, 03444991000 we've got Bruce we've got um, Lewis and um, we've got Annie Wallace Is here for another 15 minutes if you want to take part I'm Ian Lee this is Talk Radio a
0: star-crossed soapbox for <laughs> sailor boys oh. stable girls oh, I'm on the end. and stripper grands it
2: depends
10: who you're with and it depends on the situation <laughs>
0: Late Night Speech Radio
2: with a difference. Thank you. The late
0: night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk
2: Radio. Evening, dear listener. You're listening to us on uh, DAB on the app or on TalkRadio.co.uk. I mean Lee, Catherine Boyle is here. Yay! And um, Annie Wallace, we're both arguing over who's got the best job. Um, yeah. I know it's but, but isn't it a joy? Who'd have Who'd have thought? Um, you know, uh, I get to come and I get to cast my best mate and I get to come in three hours a, a, a week. I get to come and mess around and joke around and we talk, you know, we spoke to Sandra there about real life and, and then we'll we'll talk some nonsense a bit later on. And kind of, you know, your yeah. gig is, is the best job in the world for you. It's incredible, isn't it?
4: It's what I always wanted to do and, and never thought it would happen. And when it happens, it's just like, the sunshine comes over the the hill and it's just absolutely lovely how
3: long before you realised this was your life now and it wasn't going
4: to change and be snatched away from you um, when they said they wanted to keep me because yeah. <laughs> when you go into any kind of soap you start off basically with a six month contract I think it's pretty much normalised now that they, they give you a trial like any job we'll, yeah. you know, we'll give you a trial for six months and then they decide whether they want to extend it to another another you know to another, for a year and um, very quickly they they saw the way the story was going, and they went, "Look, we'd like to, like to hang on to you for a yeah. bit, if that's possible." And then last year we had a chat, me and me, the <coughs> producer, and it was more like, "Um, you know, Are you thinking of going at all?" And I went. Um, I, I, wow, they
2: were asking you that. Do, do you
4: know something about that? I don't know. No, we just wanted to know because uh, from a from a simple point of view, if you're wanting to write a longer storyline and the actor is thinking in their head, oh, I'll give it three years and I'll go off and do yeah. something else, then there's no point in them doing that. So I think it was more a case of they wanted an indication if I was, if, I'd ha- if I was if I was... Just wanting to move on, yeah. And I said, I'm ridiculously happy here, so that's where we are at the Brilliant. moment. Brilliant. And uh, isn't that good? Yeah.
2: Bit of security in one of the most unsecure jobs
4: in the world. You said don't have to do com- how, computers. It's how fantastic.
2: many? Um, how many nights a week does Hollyoaks go out? Every night. Is, is it one of those Monday to Friday, six right, thirty p.m.? Thought. That's, that schedule must be insane.
4: Well, the thing is, we we shoot everything on single camera. Uh, which means that every single shot has to be set up from scratch, mm. including the over the shoulders and the wide shots and everything. So every scene has maybe six, seven setups. Um, if you've got lots of, like, 10 people mm. in the scene and you've got, like, double that number. So it takes us approximately two hours to shoot two minutes of Jeez. scene. And we have five units going at once. So we actually create around about 35 minutes of gathered footage per day, which we kind of have to do, because every day, 30 minutes of footage goes out. And there's five units, all shooting scenes, about six scenes a day. It is is a proper, full-on, busy job. And if you've got a big storyline on, then you're in for 12 hours a day or more, and five days a week. It's, It's a hard thing thankfully you know i've i'm having a bit of a quiet time just now and (laughs) and that's that's nice in one way because i get to kind of touch base with friends and things and um but for the for the ones who've got a big storyline it's it's hard work what's your big
3: hope for your character
4: um that they keep in the show (laughs) (laughs) no i i don't know i don't know basically they've just got um this is what I suppose I should mention. As of tonight on E4, which is the first look one. We, we, we showed the the Channel 4 episode on E4 the day before. Mm. Just um, It's called First Look. And tonight was the one when uh, Myra and Sally got together for mm-hmm. the first time. And this is a love story that spans 25 years because they were an item before Sally transitioned. Wow. And they had a son together.
2: Yeah. And
4: they've discovered each other now at the age of 45, 50, whatever. And um, what they've discovered is they're actually still in love. still in love. But Myra isn't gay. And she's having to get her head around. How can I be in love? She's in love with the person that she used to love. And she's realised that even though that that label doesn't apply to her, Mm. the L label, Yeah. She's going to go with it, and she's going to wow. have this relationship. So It's very twenty first century, very quite unique for for soap. Actually. Gender very, fluidity, yeah. Very proud of it, actually. Very yeah. proud that Hollyoaks have have stayed true to it, and <clears throat> it's been a very slow pot boiler for a year. We haven't rushed into it, um, but they're going to be together for a bit, and um, fun will ensue because is a big comedy character. And uh, but you know, that part of it is great, and I, I hope that they remain true to those two characters and. Whatever adventures they have in the future, I'm well up for. Um, oh,
2: that sounds brilliant. That sounds really... That sounds a cracking one. We've got a couple of calls. Let's, um... Where should we go? Let's go to to Lewis. Good evening, Lewis. Hi. Hey, Lewis, how you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you, man. What have you got for us? Um, I just heard you guys talking about Star Wars earlier. Yeah, Yeah, the new Um, one's not very good. Controversial? Yes.
8: I just... I don't think I've heard your opinion on this before, so I just wanted to ask, um... What do you think about Disney taking rise
2: to it? Uh, Good or bad? No? Well, i, d- I mean, I, d- I don't know if you heard me ranking my—I said ranking <laughs> my the Star Wars films in order of preference. My—my my, genuinely my favourite Star Wars film is um, the Revenge of the Sith, um, All right. and this, and I think Return of the Jedi were my l- two least favourite. No, Empire Strikes Back was my least favourite. Um, what do I think about Disney? I don't really care. To be—I no. don't—I don't I don't, re- <laughs> honest, I don't really care. I tell you what I quite like is it means. Because the other Star Wars films that have come out um, under the Disney banner, they've been quite good. The Rogue One was good. The
6: Rogue One was really good. Rogue One was great.
2: The other one I thought was great. The first one I thought was good. And because I've got two boys who are six and eight, this is right up their street. So I know, I mean, this one was disappointing, but they'll pull out all the stops for the last one. Um, this there's been a trailer released today for the Han Solo film, which I've not seen but there, what it means is for the next few years at least, there's going to be some high quality science fiction to take that yeah. I can go and share with my boys.
3: I love the fact you've got some proper female characters in it that, you know, Leia was mm. holding holding the fort for yep. a long time by herself yeah, and she was not me. an ankle twister way, she was someone who could, could save herself, that. yeah, yeah. Mm. and so, from the point of view of having two little girls and having yeah. been that one girl playing with all the boys and every, all the girls fighting over being Princess Leia in the schoolyard, yeah. then it's great that, you know, the girls are playing an equal part. But,
2: but I don't have any strong feelings about Disney taking over. OK. May I say something else quickly? Um, yes, you may. OK. Uh,
6: how do you feel about
8: Disney taking over 20th Century Fox?
2: OK. <laughs> I, I don't... I have no strong feelings about any of Disney's corporate takeovers.
8: Because uh, I, I think it's a bit sad,
6: like the Alien and Predator now... Like, yeah, those
2: films still exist...
8: Yeah, I know, I know, but like they're going to remake them. Um, I don't know. I just want your opinion. I just want your opinion. <laughs> no, I
2: listen. I'm sorry. I don't, I'm, and I feel I've disappointed you, but I don't. No, re- no, no, I I not I, I, I didn't have. A, I don't have a strong opinion. I didn't know about the takeover of 20th Century Fox, but I- if they remake them, you, you don't have to see them, and those original films are exactly, still on exactly. TV. I, hey, I just, have you yeah, seen? I don't. There's a new Cloverfield, which they just released on Netflix today. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Are you a fan of Cloverfield? I saw the film. Okay, thanks for calling. Um, you, Annie, are you are you a fan of the Cloverfield um,
4: uh, experience? Yeah, I, I found the first well, the first one. The story was great. Yeah. I, I found the the shaky cam very difficult. It gave me a migraine. It really it doesn't make me feel very well. Yeah, uh, but yeah. I, I stuck with it Motion and it was sickness. interesting. I thought Ten Cloverfield Lane was fun. Fantastic. John Goodman. John Goodman. You can't
2: go wrong with. John. It was great, wasn't
4: it? Uh, yeah, it was great, and it was beautifully paced, and you didn't know what was going to happen, yeah. and and then this big shock ending. It was. It, it was really enjoyable. Yeah. I have read some reviews. Yeah. For the new one. Yeah. And I'm a bit worried.
2: Well, I can I can um, confirm your worries because I watched it today. Because I saw on Twitter yeah. they've just dropped a new Cloverfield film, film yeah. and it's it's um, it's a woman of color big, big excitement as they say in America. Woman of color is the, the lead character, and but so the two the two kind of things are: it's a woman of color is the lead, and it's just, no one even knew this film existed, and it's just appeared on Netflix, right? Yeah. And I thought, well, I'm not going to read the reviews; I'm just going to watch it, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. bit. Uh, it's a bit too jokey. There's um, that that Irish gentleman,
4: Chris O'Dowd.
2: Yeah, who I think is brilliant. Yeah, but he's in this as comic relief.
4: Why do things need comic relief at
2: all? This is what I was thinking. And I was thinking... George R. Binks. Yeah. (laughs) And I I like Chris O'Dowd a lot. I think he's brilliant. And I think he brightens up anything he's in. Yeah. And I thought, oh, this is great. We're going to see him... He's going to get nasty.
4: Wonderful in Bridesmaids. Oh, oh, God. I'm not seeing it, but
2: I think he's funny, man. I've always thought he was funny. Yeah. Um, And, um... But no, he's, he's like, playing it for... He's been told... He's a comedy character in it. And I thought, well... And, um... I found myself looking at my phone quite a bit while I was watching it. Oh, that's a bad yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah,
2: I mean, uh, it, 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 yeah, it's not great. Oh. It's a real disappointment. Well, it
4: wasn't supposed to be Cloverfield, apparently. It was going to be a film called The God Particle. OK. Because uh, we'd heard about this, th- oh. those of us who are the oh, genre. Oh,
2: geeky. Look. Go on.
4: <laughs> no, I love it. I, I am geeky. Yeah. Uh, it's the fourth time. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was going to be a film called The God Particle and we heard about it. And yeah, but it was... can you do that? Can't. Hey
2: Kath! <laughs> yeah, going will do it again spontaneously. So sh- sh- put your hand down, camera. put your hand down, shake your fingers. Do it now. <laughs> right, she's cheating, you're you're in. Can you do it with like your a... other hand?
4: That's a bit harder.
2: Yeah, that was a little bit harder. <laughs> okay, and just do it with your first hand again? <laughs>
4: stop it get out this this isn't a radio thing you know this isn't good for radio (laughs) they're all all going what are they doing (laughs) you'll never know we're out of time (sighs) we're out of time
2: give us your twitter and website and the thing people want to go and find out more Um,
4: it's really simple Um, uh, it's um, at Annie Wallace for twitter and for uh, facebook it's facebook.com forward slash Annie Wallace. I, cause I was tweet, t- t- tweeting
2: on oh, Annie's coming. I thought she can't, she can't have at Annie Wallace. There must be lo- She must be like, at Annie underscore, what, or at... But you got the Annie Wallace. That's because I'm a geek.
4: <laughs> you are first in. But I was first in. I, I think <laughs> as, as soon as I saw things, and I got AnnieWallace.com as well.
2: Beautiful. So I,
4: I kind of was always thinking, yeah. right, get them, because one day they might be useful, yeah. and here we are, they're useful. So I have, was... I have the original ones.
2: I was oh, thinking of slick. getting the domain names for my kids.
4: Well, that's not a bad thing it's to do. It's not a bad
2: thing to do. Just, anyway, we got off on tangent. So nice to meet you. <gasps> nice thank to meet you. Thank you, thank uh, you, thank uh, you. Uh, dear listener, <laughs> put your phones down because we've got another guest coming up on the line all the way from New York City and I'm talking to him all on my own. I'm Ian Lee. That was Annie Wallace. This is The Late Night Alternative on Talk Radio.
0: The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk.
11: It's
2: Ladies and gentlemen, um, <clears throat> it's it, it, probably the, the best introduction for the for the guest we got coming on, but I just thought it was charming. And the other song I wanted to play <laughs> is too filthy, it's too rude, too many swear words, there's even a bleeped version on, on YouTube and it's still too sweary and it's still too rude. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome all the way from uh, the United States of, it's Tony Hendra. Hey Tony, how are you
8: doing? I'm good. How are you, Ian? <laughs> is, is it, is it, am I pronouncing that right? Is you, it Ian, or, or, or it's got too many vowels in it, so no, I wanted to do something else. No, come on, Tony.
2: Look, don't, please don't, don't, don't knock your British roots. I'm just spelling Ian correctly. <laughs> OK. It's so, right. it's so funny hearing your voice. God, it's wonderful. Tony, it's such a joy to have you on. Um, that was, uh, well, as you know, that was Let's Do the Waltz from your dim and distant history. What, what memories have you got of that?
8: Um, very dim. Um, it's, uh, that must be well over 50 years ago. Wow. I, that's, um, wh- I was, uh, that's when I was part of a comedy team called, uh, Hendra and Ullit. Um, or if Ullit was giving the interview, it was Ullit and Hendra. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, that was, um, that was the, the, that was the flip side of our first hit single. Which um, which which was actually the, on the on the A side there was uh, there was a, a, a song called the Chicken Song. Oh right. Which 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 was like um, the sort of a Winchester Cathedral. Winchester Cathedral. remember right. that song? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And um, it was kind of except it was all chickens, not exactly tacking clucking Winchester Cathedral, but a very similar song like. <laughs> Like that, and um, it just got more and more and more. We overdubbed it and overdubbed it until it was about a thousand chickens doing this thing. Fantastic. Um, and it it was like, 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 it was actually extremely funny. And um, it uh, was even, was funnier than Let's Do the Wars. <laughs> let's put it there, that way. There's so much there's uh. there's so much I, I don't know where to start with you, right?
2: And I tell you why you were on my mind, Tony. Obviously I'm a huge fan of Spinal Tap, you know, and I've seen that film a hundred times and I buy copies of it on DVD to give to people who haven't seen it. But the reason you popped into my head let's start with this, I suppose, is because I saw the um movie about Doug Kenny that's on Netflix, um, that, that right. came out a little while ago, um, and of course you... you it's, it's got
8: a futile and stupid gesture, it's called. Cool.
2: That's it, that's it, and I knew yeah. nothing about Doug Kenny at all, I knew very little about National Lampoon, I knew bits and pieces, and I knew about Lemmings, and I knew a few of the things, and obviously the movies, but the magazine itself, um, and I, I thought, oh, I wonder what Tony Hendra's up to. These days, and so I did a Google, and I found you, and um, I've kind of fallen down a Tony Hendra rabbit hole. So let's start with: I, Have you seen that movie?
8: Uh, yes, I have. But, um, yeah, I have seen
2: it. What, what did you What did you make of it? How? Because how, um, I've, I've, I've been telling my listeners they should check it out. How,
8: how, what did you make of it as someone who lived? Well, through I mean, it? I, from an objective point of view, I think that's correct. It, I think people should see it because, especially. Uh, it, out outside of the states where the national Lampoon was was kind of an institution in the seventies yeah um uh, it 's really not known because it, it was and it was a very influential very inf- influential bunch of people and a very influential magazine i mean it was selling a million copies a month at one point and um the um, but the um the move, movie is from my point of view very uh, it's very sort of it's it's a real Margaritoni stew. I mean, it's it's like it's all mixed up, and uh, the the timelines aren't right, and the wrong people are in the wrong pieces. You yeah. know, it's it's uh, it's it's um, it, 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 I think the authors of the screenplay basically wanted to make Doug, who was a very charismatic guy and one of one of the founders of the magazine, into this into the sort of star of everything that happened at the National Lampoon. Yeah and um uh which is understandable since they you know they, they have this tragic ending, and they 're obviously going towards their tragic ending when doug, doug um either falls or jumps off a cliff and um the uh but but it but it meant that for example lemmings which was just like just like thrown into the middle of some other montage, which was very weird. Um, I mean, I produced Lemmings, and I, it was basically my concept, and I and I and I cast it. I put Valenti and Joel and Chevy Chase and Christopher Guest in it. So it was, but that that wasn't mentioned anywhere. No, and um, no, they yeah, made it all out. It was, everything was everything was
2: Doug Kenny's idea. Was, was, was is how yeah, the it, film yeah. portrayed it.
8: That, uh, that's very interesting. It, 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 if you had that impression, not knowing what what, yeah. they, what the yeah, that's
2: interesting. Yeah, um, that's I, exactly I, what it was. I was aware of Lemmings because I found Lemmings years and years ago um, in a second-hand record store. I thought, oh, this looks like it could be fun, and it is. It's basically, it's it's kind of a a, a piss take of a, a spoof of um, the whole Woodstock kind of thing. Right. And it's yeah. and it's it's just it's wonderful. It's a joy. Christopher Guest's James Taylor. Or we know he didn't play at Woodstock, but his James Taylor is spot on. How much fun was it yeah. putting that that
8: whole show together? Well, it was an enormous amount of fun. I mean, Woodstock and we this must have, when were you born? I was 73. It's- yeah. Yeah. So it, it was literally it literally premiered when you, as you were being born. Wow. Wow. Look at um, that. In 1973. Yeah. At uh, the Village Gate in, on, in, in New York. And um, yeah, I mean it was uh, was it was a very hard cast to um, to you know corral and control. Um, if you, you can imagine John Belushi and Chevy Chase and Christopher Guest being on stage, and there were you know several other very talented people in it too. Um, but the great thing about it was that Woodstock was really sacred still in one thousand nine hundred and seventy three so we were really going after a very huge sacred cow and um, carving large stakes off it and um, <laughs> that, that, so that was that, that was immensely thrilling to me and, and because that was generally speaking the mission of the lampoon yeah. um, and um, and yeah, I mean we did crosby Stills, and Nash we did uh, Bob Dylan we did uh, Uh, We did, as you mentioned, James Taylor, just a uh, stunning, stunning uh, uh, imitation of Mm. of James Taylor and of his songs. Yeah. And, um, yeah, Carly Simon and and James Taylor actually came to Lemmings at one point. No, did they? Did they? (laughs) Oh, God. What did they think? Carly Carly Simon forced him to come, she said. I actually knew her quite well. And and she she forced James to come, and he just sat there, went, when it was when it was playing, like passion Face, oh. like we'd really nailed him <laughs> <laughs> in right, right, right in front of. He, us. Get,
2: he got so. off quite
8: lightly, though. I mean, it's 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 an
2: affectionate yeah. pastiche of of his song. Some of the other stuff you've done was a little bit crueller. Um, what are you thinking of? Exactly? I, I, I tell you, what I'm thinking of. Well, I, 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 that what we I really wanted to play the John Lennon song. Right. Uh, I really wanted to play, it. and yeah. even even the bleeped version, it was too it was too near the knuckle to play. Right. Um, but we, we we listened to it a few times in the office tonight, and it's I mean it's a cracking it's a cracking bit of work that.
8: Yeah, magical misery tour. Yeah, yeah.
2: and, and, and th- I, I tweeted it earlier on. I said, look, we've got Tony Hendra coming on. You you probably know him from Spinal Tap and but other things. And, but th- you should listen to this. Um, and for those who, who didn't, who, who were too lazy to click on the link. It's basically Tony doing a pretty spot-on John Lennon impression over an imagined, yeah. you know, kind of piano-keyboard thing. Um, and it's it's just the most violent, aggressive swearing. And all of it comes... is actually from a John Lennon interview in Rolling Stone magazine.
8: Yes, he did an interview in 1971, and at the time he was doing something called primal scream therapy. And, um, he, and he and Yoko were doing primal scream therapy. And primal scream therapy was basically what it what it sounds like yeah. you, you you screamed uh, like a baby and then you got all the somehow that got all your anger out so but he <laughs> he actually did the interview but like in therapy yeah. so uh, all, all this all this sort of um, bile came came spewing out mm-hmm. about everything from from uh, yeah, from, from from the George Harrison bit is one of the one, best lines in the piece. Actually. Oh, that's the bit we kept playing <laughs> again and again and
2: again with these happy <laughs> <effing> Harry Krishnas.
8: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that was, that was that's the a beaut. But um, yeah, and I mean the only the only line I made up was genius is pain. Right. And uh, although actually that was, I think that was somewhere in the interview too, but uh, but I pulled that out and made that the chorus. But it was. Um, That was a thrill to do, I must say, because I was a. I mean, the thing about the thing about good parody is you've got to love in some at some level you've got to love what you're parodying, yeah. Uh, Otherwise, you can't get into it. And um, but John really went like that was a very arrogant thing to do, and it was a very arrogant interview. So he kind of deserved getting a bit of it thrown back at him. Was there um, um,
2: what I've read about um, National Lampoon, and I've I bought the um, I watched the documentary as well, drunk, stoned beautiful dead and then no, no no brilliant yeah uh, uh, brilliant sorry yes b- b- yes that, thank you and right. um uh, brilliant dead and i i bought the book the accompanying book that goes with that so i've got this wonderful thing to to kind of read through now but um uh did you were there points with lampoon were you thinking ah oh, this is too far man this is this we, we this is too far uh
8: no not really uh, i mean wow. um I, uh, I I can't. I mean, there was what, my first issue. Let me have to answer it this way. My first issue at the magazine was in January '72 when I first came on board as a full editor, and um, and they gave me an issue to do, and um, it was it, the title of the issue was, is "Nothing Sacred," and um, the idea was that we would do exactly that. We would try to think of things. Um, you know that you probably, I probably can't say on this show. Yeah, probably yes. Um, <laughs> well done, thank you. <laughs> yeah, but, so, but, so I won't try. But but they involve things like the Virgin Mary yeah. and um, the Holocaust and so on. Yeah. Not not I didn't do that. But I mean, there, there were people who were coming up with stuff that was that was hilariously funny. But I mean, it was just um, it was just uh, what we did. You know, the, the whole I, I mean, we had this was at a time when the most popular popular poster on on, on American campuses. Was Che Guevara that heroic picture of of, Che? Remember with the berry on and the the red star in it. Um, And um, and we uh, the cover of the magazine was that uh, that was that poster with a cream pie in its face. And um, so it went sort of it sort of went went up or down from there depending on your 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 metric.
2: Um, I. uh... How did... Uh, there's so many... This is the thing about you, Tony. There are so, so, I've, I've, there are so many different facets to your career, and so many... It's like you've lived about eight or nine different lives. Um, let's go back a bit, because... <laughs> no, I'll tell you why, because I, 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 I discovered today that you were almost a member of Monty Python.
8: Yeah, well, I don't know about that, but, but I mean, certainly I was at... Um, I was at Cambridge with, with John and Graham... And, um, and actually with Tim Brooke Taylor as well. Yeah. And Delotti. But, um, the, uh, he, they were there in the year after us. But, uh, but, but, uh, Graham and, Graham and John were, were in my year. And, um, you know, we were all in Footlights. So, um, the, the, the Footlights review that year had, had you know, uh, John and Graham and me and and, and Bill Hardy and uh, and Tim Brooke Taylor all in the same, uh, and and Joe Kendall too. Yeah, all in the same, uh, all in the same cast. And you wrote so, with
2: Gra- you you wrote stuff with Graham Chapman.
8: Well, actually, we had an act together when when oh. when 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 he when uh, when he when we went when we came down from Cambridge, we we actually started an act. We, we'd been doing an act uh, in. Uh, when we were still at uni, um, yeah, you know, sort of for, for, for mayballs and things like that. Yeah. Um, but so we decided to go pro with it, and um, what, yeah, were you, what so was the app? what, what were you doing cyclists. with Graham Chapman? Um, well, I was the straight man, the first and only time in my life. Right. That's <laughs> all I can remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, he, he was so he was so funny. Oh, I, okay. I mean. he... You can only qualify it with words you can't say on the show. Mm. No, so, I know, I, um, yes,
2: I, I, we, we, you know, we, we often, Catherine, my producer, and I often fantasise about, you know, people that are dead that we'd love to say, and next, don't forget, next week we've got Graham Chapman coming live into the studio to chat about his you know, and these, these wonderful people yeah. that, that we, we don't get to talk to.
8: Yeah, yeah. But, um, but so anyway, he was, uh, yeah, so we did that. And what, what, I don't know quite where you got that, where you got that from, but it, um, I, I never, I never really thought I was up to Monty Python's standard. I don't, in fact, I don't think I am. But uh, as a performer, but uh, did but I not the, read an um, interview
2: somewhere that, that um, I'm sure I read an interview, but it was on it was on the internet, so everything is made up. That jo- John Cleese sent you a, a, a telegram or something when you were in America, saying, "Hey, we're working on a show you might be interested in," and, but you just sign a big contract with American TV.
8: Yeah, well, actually, yes, that that, that that is true, and and he uh, they, they the time. The timing, I'm, I'm not quite sure about. I think it was right. 67 or 68, but anyway, he sent me, he sent me a very um, sort of optimistic letter saying, "You really should come home. We're doing a lot of great stuff, Graham and I. You know, and and Graham would like to work right with you, and uh, uh, you know, we we've got we've got all kinds of stuff in the works." Now, I mean, I don't know if that, at that point they were already talking right. about Python. I think they were talking about. Uh, they, they must have been doing that David Ross show then, but uh, okay, yeah. But but, uh, but anyway, so I mean, I, I guess if I'd gone back, I would have got at it, you know. But if, if I, I, I might have been the Pete best of Monty Python. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, how did you end up in the states? What took you
2: over to the states?
8: Um, well, long story short, uh, in in um, in those days. Um, well, Graham. First of all, Graham decided he wanted to become a doctor after all, instead of uh, the most brilliant comedian in London. And um, uh, so I was left with a lot of bookings, and I have got another guy from Footlights who was um, who was younger than me, called called Nick Ullt, and Nick Ullt, and I took over the bookings, mm-hmm. so that we became we became the, the comedy team that we then were in the United States. Yeah, and. Um, uh, there was uh, we were appearing at the Blue Angel, and there was a, there was a very now famous and actually dead um, comedian called Ch- Jackie Jackie Mason. Yeah, of course. It was like uh, yeah, who was uh, appearing at the he was headlining at the Blue at Blue Angel, and uh, we were you know opening for him, and uh, and he and his manager Bob Chartoff, who later became a big producer of Rocky and all kinds of other stuff. Um, he uh, they loved us, and they said you should come to come to New York. And if you do, Bob said, "I will make you the Beatles of comedy." Wow! Uh, <laughs> you can't ignore an offer like that, can you? That's proper exactly. old huckstering, exactly. yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, so anyway, and those in those days, you could get um, if you if you agreed to do a show for the passengers, you could get a first class <laughs> stateroom on on a transatlantic liner. <laughs> wow. So we. <laughs> So we said, wow, that's a good way to go to New York. We'll go for a couple of weeks and see how it turns out, you know. So he jumped on this uh, transatlantic liner, which was the SS United States, which was a converted troop ship and the fastest liner in the the fleet at that point. And it was the worst crossing anyone could remember, (laughs) including the crew. So every one of the 800 passenger complement was seasick from one end of the voyage to the other, except for us. So we never had to do the show, and we drank ourselves silly, and uh, that's how we got to New York. Oh, that's we got to New York. Bob, Bob immediately put us on stage at what was then known as a Hootenanny, yeah. which was a sort of poke version of an open mic, and, um, and we got uh, like six months' work in one evening. So like within 48 hours of landing in New York, we already had six months' work, and we were driving up Park Avenue in LeMo with the top open. Um,
2: that, that, so, that, I mean, if you did put that scene in a film, you go, nah, nah, I'm not buying nah. that. That sounds rubbish. <laughs> That's incredible.
8: Yeah. But what was even more incredible was that the first job we got, which was right across Bleecker Street, it was, it was actually at a place called The Bitter End, not Bleecker Street, yeah. uh, that, that uh, Hootenetti was. And then across the street, there was a brand-new club called Cafe o Gogo, uh, which later became a legendary jazz hangout. And the opening act there... Um, to you know, to debut the club, was Lenny Bruce, and his his opening act was Hendra Nullet. You've shocked so we me. We opened you, for Lenny sh- Bruce. I, I
2: know you've shocked me into silence. You opened for <laughs> Lenny. I didn't know that, Tony. That is amazing. Yeah, that it is. Was pretty, what was I insane. mean? Because because uh, I'm fascinated by Lenny Bruce. I'm fascinated by, you know, the the excitement of his life stuff. I'm also fascinated by kind of the spiral into drugs and stuff. He, he must have been at the peak of his powers then,
8: or approaching. Yes, the peak. he was actually. It, yeah. it was. I mean, it was. It was, um, it was a, actually a very tragic booking, but. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, he was on top of his game and, and he was like completely my idol. Uh, I mean, Nick too, but less so, but I, but I was just like, uh, he, he was my God. I mean, he was exactly what I wanted to be, you know, like, uh, just going as far as you could possibly go. And, um, and, uh, so, you know, we, we, we sat on the stage having done our useless little opening act which nobody listened to. Um, and, um... And, and just lapped this stuff up, yeah. and it, it was just amazing. But even more amazing was that four days into the gig, we opened on a Monday, and on Thursday, uh, as he came off stage, three very large NYPD police department, that is, uh, uh, cops surrounded Lenny and busted him. Wow. And, um, and took him off to the 6th Precinct in, in Lower Manhattan and, um, and uh, charged him with, uh, with obscenity. Which was he'd been charged with obscenity in San Francisco and Chicago at this point, and had beaten the rap in uh, San Francisco, I think, but not in Chicago. So anyway, it's a long story. There's a lot more to this story, but anyway, so that was that. That was uh, that was Lenny, and then Lenny came, he bailed out, and and Lenny came back the next night and did exactly the same show, and the next week he was busted again. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was so, he saying? Well,
2: uh, maybe I shouldn't ask what he was saying
8: that was, was, was deemed as offensive. Well, cause he was... no, you, I mean, you know, there's some stuff I certainly couldn't say, but I'm uh, and he was saying a lot of stuff that was considered lewd, let's say. Right. Um, and and um, very funny stuff, and, uh, and but, but also doing some very, very sort of sharp, satirical stuff. But one of the things that he did do, which was, which was, wasn't sort of, it was really, really just a sort of passing observation, was that um, you know this was like would have been March nineteen sixty four, so so you know about less than less than four months after the assassination of Kennedy. So and and he was doing this thing about about how Life magazine had done shot these you know had these. Things from something called the Zapruder film, which mm. is the only photographic um, record of it, um, where it showed Jackie Kennedy uh, apparently climbing out on the um, on the trunk of the Cadillac limo they were in, and um, trying to get away, get out of the line of fire. Right?
7: Yeah.
8: Uh, with her husband sort of slumped already uh, beside her, and um, and the and Life Magazine printed print this and the captioned it. Jackie, no, Mrs. Kennedy appears to be, no, Mrs. Kennedy attempts to leave the limousine to go for help. And it was so clear to anyone with, like, you know, the IQ, an IQ in double figures yeah. that she was, uh, as as Lenny said, hauling ass out of there. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and, and he said that, you know, she was hauling ass to save ass, if you, you'll forgive the expression. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and, and, uh, and that, he got some laughs, yeah. because, because it was Lenny. I bet he got but, a sharp intake of breath as convinced.
2: well. That? I bet he got a sharp intake of breath as well, that close yes, to the I event. Yes, I think he did too. It, yeah. Yes, he certainly did.
8: I mean, but, but the thing was it, was, it was a legitimate observation, and then he went on with his, with his act. You know. and, but I'm just convinced that, that, the, that, the, that, the New, that New York Catholics... And I speak this as a Catholic myself. Were t- particularly offended by that, and uh, almost all the cops in New York right. at that time were Irish and Catholic, yeah. and and that was what they really busted him for. They said it was they said it was obscenity, but actually it was just being blasphemous about, about you know holy Jackie Kennedy. Um, um, Tony, you know, Tony, I've got to
2: take a quick break. I know we said half an hour. Yeah. Are you okay to stick around for a bit more? Yeah, sure, sure, Are you sure. Anyway. Okay. Um, uh, by the way, I've got some good news for you. Jackie Mason is still alive. Oh, is he? <laughs> yes. He's, he. Oh, shit. I know. <laughs> Someone just phoned up and said, I saw Jackie Mason in December. He was fine. I've just Googled it. He's still alive, Tony. <laughs> so I'm glad I could... Pre-
8: maybe, it's, maybe it's me that's dead. Maybe.
2: St- Tony, stay there. I'm, I'm talking to Tony Hendra. and um, This is already... It's gone off in wonderful tangents. I hadn't even expected it to, and I've not even asked him the stuff I want to ask him. Um, don't bother calling, then. I'm, I'm hogging this one myself. I'm Ian Lee. This is Talk Radio. The late-night lip service for love. Lovers loners and lounge lizards. Yeah, well, where, where
0: exactly is your accent from? The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee.
2: Oh, I've forgotten your name already, excuse me.
0: On Talk Radio.
2: Um, You're listening on DAB, on app or around the world at talkradio.co.uk. Um, Tony Hendricks uh, on the line from America. Uh, Tony, are you still there? Yes. yes, I've got my, to ask. I'm a bit scrambled from yeah. what I just heard. No, no, don't worry. Ignore <laughs> it. Um, focus. We're back in the room now. I am, obs- okay. I am obsessed. Obsessed is too strong a word. I'm fascinated by Chevy Chase. Right, because I think he's really, uh-huh. really funny, and right. I, 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 lo- I love a lot of his movies. I love um, a lot of his SNL stuff, and I loved him in Community. He did recently, but I, I'm also fascinated by. Um, The man, because apparently he's 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 a nightmare to work with. And I I don't want to go down a whole Chevy route, but I just wondered what your recollections were of working with him.
8: Well, I mean, I only worked with Chevy in Lemmings and uh, and, but I cast him and um, I cast him because uh, partly because everyone else hated him. Um, and um, and <laughs> <in> the reason <laughs> love it, but but it, but it was but the reason I loved him was was that uh, or that I wanted him in, in the show was that he seemed to have a very what to me at that point was a very lampoon attitude to, towards comedy itself. Yeah. In other words, he he did not take the business of being funny as seriously as most people do, and 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 and, and, and basically set out to destroy. What, what 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 was funny? I mean, he he did he he did funny stuff, but then destroyed what he was doing, right? Uh, and and commented on it, and it was uh, it was. Uh, and if he didn't actually say anything, he just commented on it with this very sort of mobile, very handsome, very expressive face. Uh, and I, I just thought there was a really interesting talent. Um, he was not liked by the rest of the cast. Uh, not at all, and especially not Belushi. But then Belushi had a, an ego as big as Chevy's, um, and was probably more talented too. Yeah. But uh, but but Chevy was uh, but but Chevy was um, was had a very even then he had this very intriguing way of sort of having it both ways. If you know what I mean, he he got the laughs, but he also got laughs at the expense of his own laughs. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And. And so I can see I can see that that would irritate people and especially since he he did seem to sort of like to subvert things uh he he, he not didn't screw them up when, when they were actually in front of an audience but but in rehearsal he did a lot of that and it, and it uh it it was uh it was funny but it was it was also very disruptive so was, cocaine, was, time, was
2: cocaine a big thing at, at, at Lampoon? Because it was the 70s, and I know there was a lot of drugs going on. I know, obviously, Doug Kenny was, was taking a lot of drugs. Was, was, was there a period when cocaine was kind of working in favour of the magazine, I it was, you know, keeping people up and they were able to focus? And then was there a tipping point when the cocaine kind of started to ruin things?
8: Uh, well, I think I don't... <laughs> i, I the, the cocaine story is, is is complicated and um certainly cocaine was going on quite early on at the lampoon, but not that you know we 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 were we had these sort of felonious ta- uh, salaries you know mm. there were just like no money at all, so we couldn't afford much cocaine it was um uh you know it was basically weed some sticks right and um and uh but there was cocaine around definitely and um it uh that I, I don't really think it there was ever a point in the magazine where enough people were be, were able to afford it that it, it had much effect on the magazine to tell you the truth okay i mean it's certainly true it was certainly true uh later on in in sort of comedy in general in in the in the later sixties but in what we call the lampoons glory years which is certain 1970 to 1975 uh, as I say, we, we couldn't afford much cocaine. Um, I have heard...
2: I've, I've, I've read your Father Joe book, which The Man Who Saved My Soul, which I loved. I read it in two days. I devoured it. Um, and there's oh, this, my goodness. You no, know, I, I devoured it, honestly. Because I, 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 when I knew you were coming on, I thought, right, I'm going to have to do some work. Let's see if he's written an autobiography. And I found this book from, I guess I guess it's maybe 10 years old now, Father Joe, The Man Who Saved right. My Soul. And it's an incredible story of... I mean, just from... Just from like page one, when you're a fourteen year old lad having um, this weird guilt laden fling with this older French woman who keeps, oh, we mustn't do this. This is awful. T- kiss me, you know. It, uh, the right. whole the whole journey is incredible, and it's I mean it's beautiful and it's moving and it's and it's wonderful. Um, but there's a story in here, and then I listened to you talking on on the Moth radio show, mm-hmm. and it's the same story um, about. When you tried to kill yourself, and I just wondered how serious an attempt that was, and what was going through your head when you did it.
8: Well, not to get into the story, which is, which is, which is as you say, is online on YouTube, and if people want to hear it, they can. It's a good story, actually. But, um, but I, yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was like 1982, I guess, and uh, we were just, we were just going to. Uh, uh, we we we'd been doing some very successful parodies. We did a parody of the Wall Street Journal that sold a million copies, and we did a parody of the National Enquirer and um, Playboy, and and then we put out this we put out this um, this 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 parody pamphlet which was called Meet Mr. Bomb, and this is when you know old Reagan was uh, was talking about. A, a winnable nuclear war. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I remember. The,
2: for those who don't, I'm glad we've got this thing with American Korea now because these kids don't know what yeah. it's like to live under the threat of a nuclear attack.
8: Yeah, I know. So anyway, so we put out this thing called Meet Mr. Bomb. Yeah. Which was um, which was basically a, a, a you know a, a sort. Of long pamphlet explaining what you could do if your house was hit by a 20-megaton hydrogen bomb, um, mm-hmm. uh, which, uh, you know, you could duck and cover, you could, you know, melt.
2: You, you um, had, you had but, to... Um, um, <laughs> the, the thing was you had to um, have sheets over the dining table and you had to hide under the dining table, I remember. Yes, was the could, that's
8: right. And the sheets will definitely not burn away. Yeah, of course. In yeah. The, in the, yeah, yeah, in the, in the 4,000... Degrees Celsius. Heat. Yeah. Anyway, so so it was quite funny, and uh, but it's a it's a long story. But it, the, the the short version is that it um, there was a distributor in Los Angeles who was a great Reagan uh, a great Reagan file, and um, he was the biggest distributor in in all of all of Southern California. And he'd taken a hundred thousand copies of this thing, and um, and re- unfortunately read it. And um, his 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 uh, his most charitable assessment of it was that it's treason. Wow! So he had um, he had shredded all hundred thousand copies without asking us, and and obviously refu- was refusing to distribute it. And that meant essentially I was bankrupt. Yeah. So my marriage was over and you know and I, it, well, spinning image was not in the quite it wasn't it was sort of a boring but not you know not actually happening yet and and um and it was just a very low time and 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 uh, and, and uh, yeah so i mean but i wasn't doing any cocaine it was all valium yeah. and vodka but um but it was also just inept i mean i, I didn't realize how many Valium you could take and wash it down with a pint, a quarter of vodka, and still be okay. Um, I was later told that many rock stars do that every night, so right. um, it's not surprising I'm still here. <laughs> um, and good because then the next
2: day you woke up and you went and filmed your first scenes on on one of the funniest films of all time, <laughs> Spinal Tap. And sp- yeah. you know, I m- I remember seeing Spinal Tap quite young. Well, I didn't know until yes, my would. 20s that, that um, the band were American because their English accents are so spot on. Americans can't do English accents. But M- M- McKean no. and Guest and um, uh, Shearer, their accents are incredible. Yeah, they're really good. They're really East End. They're, they're, they're really excellent. What? It was a slow burner, wasn't it, Spinal Tap? It, didn't it kind of really start to get momentum a couple of years when it came out on, on video?
8: Yes, that's exactly right. It didn't do at all well. It got very good reviews, but it didn't do at all well in, in theaters. And uh but but it was it was one of the sort of early beneficiaries of the VHS revolution, as it was called. Yeah. And um and that really that really put it on the map. So but it was really by the you know, by the late eighties it was it was it was quite well known and I would be getting recognized in the street by then. But um uh, And and you guys of course on television.
2: You shot like Hours of footage because I've seen the uh, on a very very on three VHS tapes, really bad quality. The seven hour edit of it—that's you know the the kind of rough cut of it. There was that you
8: shot hours of stuff, didn't you? I think there was something like four hundred thousand feet of film. Yeah, wow, some amazing amount. And it's it, it just it, weird, really, because we, I mean the whole thing was improvised. I mean there was there was a scenario that uh, that Christopher and um, and Mike McKean had basically written, and then the other two had including rob Reiner had had um, augmented but um but it but it was but it was only a scene by scene so we we had to you know we had to improvise everything um uh in every scene so but actually rob was quite kind of economical with with the uh with 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 the film uh we would do sometimes we'd do a lot of takes but usually there were only three takes for each each scene and, uh, nonetheless, it, it ended up being this gigantic amount of footage. Yeah. So, it took, Ro, it took Rob, I think, something like 18 months to edit the whole thing. Uh, but, um, I, I'm sure there's another movie in there if you really wanted to make one.
2: There must, be, I mean, some of my, fa- one of my favourite bits in it is, um, uh, is, is, I love, the, <laughs> you with your cricket bat. It's, it's now, that was, 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 am I right that you based that on Sharon Os- Osborne's dad, whose name escapes me? Um, no. He was a... Osby no. Osborne? No, her, her Don, dad, Don... Don Powell. No, not Don Powell. Don, he was the fella. Don Arden. Don Arden. He was Oh, the, Don Arden, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's Sharon yes. Os- Osborne's dad. Oh, is it? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, he's the famous, the <laughs> well, famous manager who, who apparently hung someone yeah. out of the window by their feet. Yeah, models. yeah, I know who Don Arden is, yeah. yeah.
8: So he was one of my models, yeah. But, um, but, uh, the, uh... Did he carry a cricket bat? I don't think he carried a cricket bat, but he was a thug. No, he carried something though. <laughs> yes, he carried uh, something. I, I I think he carried some a baseball bat or something, right. but, it, but it was uh it was a it was a a fine piece of wood. <laughs> 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 and um, and actually, uh, the, I, I showed up at the, as I recall, I, I actually showed up at, at the set when we were doing the first, um, the first tryout of this, which was in 1979. I showed up with a cricket bat, so they they put it they put it in, you know, yeah, uh, uh, it was great. Well, why didn't it you do very, more acting very, after very that, Tony? I
2: know I know you don't nec- perhaps you don't consider yourself as an actor, but your performance in that was so funny. and I think it really, you know, th- th- having that 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 very clipped British voice amongst the sort of stem voices your character kind yeah. of centers it to a certain extent but you, you didn't do much much acting after that
8: no no I did um, I did uh, uh, no I did whoopi Goldberg's first movie which was called jumping Jack Flash, oh, gosh, um, yeah, with with the wonderful John wood you know the wonderful Shakespeare actor yeah. <clears throat> and um, and a couple of others but but it I, I never really wanted to be a performer I, I mean I, I as soon as I had the opportunity to, to end the act, although it went on for about five or six years, back in the 60s, I, I took it. You know, yeah. And um, and and uh, I, I love rec- I love recording in the studio. I love being an actor in the studio, as you can tell. Yeah. But um, but it's um, it, it. I just uh, I'm just not comfortable in in front of a camera. And um, but it, it was just there was something about the the whole. Uh, there was something about the whole style of a spinal tap that made it just very easy to do yeah. and and it was it was very easy to be obnoxious. Um, around these three morons, um, they, they gave you plenty of material, plenty to play off. You know, Well there's a fine so line between uh... stupid
2: and clever. You know, so it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, right. it is the most quotable movie. My favourite bit, and I'm afraid you're not in it, but it's when um, Rob Reiner's reading the reviews to them, and, and legend is they hadn't heard <laughs> it, and they're reviewing shark sandwich, and he says, "Well, just two words, shit sandwich," and they, you can see them all burst into <laughs> laughter because they've not heard it before, right. and it's just right. it's so charming right. that
8: film. That, that, that was
2: that was ad lib. Um, <coughs> but, this but, um, The Father Joe book, the, ma- the man who saved my soul, and I, I thoroughly recommend this, dear listener. You can get it on you can get it on Amazon. You get it, you know, it'd be in libraries and things. Um, I was not expecting this book, Tony, when I when I when I got it and I read it. This this is not the book I was expecting. It is this beautiful story of um, a, you know a, a boy, g- kind of lost. I, I get the impression and not quite sure where they're going, and t- taken in. Well, taken in by this lovely old monk on the Isle of Wight, but but you—I tell you what—the journey, the first journey to the Isle of Wight, when you're going with the almost cuckolded husband of this French woman who seduced fourteen-year-old you, and he's taking you there because he's going to—we're going to find out what what this father thinks should happen to you—and you're expecting the thrashing of your life. That's a really weird, horrendous journey.
8: Yes. Well, I mean, this is this is all. I mean, that section of the book obviously is about Catholic boyhood and girlhood, for that matter. Yeah. But, but, um, that 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 Catholic boyhood. I don't know if you're of the persuasion, but um, no, I'm with, not. Uh, but it's, the, I
2: felt, I'm, and I'm, yeah. I'm reading that. I'm glad, 'cause it sounds horrendous.
8: It was pretty bad, because this was the fifties, you know. So it was, uh, it was still hellfire and damnation, and uh, don't touch yourself. Um, uh, the priest would say, "I'm allowed to touch you, but not you." Um, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, and, and, uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's, um, uh, but but uh, and it was really that was drummed into you from from the start. So. And the only, the, only thing, the only thing I knew about monks was that they, they wore hoods all the time, and black hoods at that, and wandered around in crypts and things and and, 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 and flogged themselves. So I had no clue where this guy was taking me. And so uh, I was imagining just being taken down to the crypt and flogged and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. But instead... And then I he found inter- this wonderful, wonderful yeah. man who was so kind and so funny, which was really important and um and he just became my mentor for the rest of his life actually And the incredibly, next, like, 40, 50 years
2: incredibly open minded i i 'm not going to kind of ruin everything in the book i I really recommend people go and read <laughs> it but at the end when when um when he dies and you you kind of find out that y- You've, of course, you weren't the only person he was offering counsel to, but um, right. he was actually quite progressive for this. You know, this 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 old monk, uh, you know that he was he was um, helping gay people and people with AIDS, and you know th- th- right. he was he, he was. Um, which well, just sounds delightful, and and just a lot of laughter, you know, and, and calling you dear. Yes, listen, dear, let me tell you. And it was just what what a what a wonderful person to have shared your life with
8: yeah i mean i i i was immensely lucky he 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 uh I, I would have certainly gone off the rails many times i had had plenty of opportunities and uh and he uh he was always there you know there was always as i said this this like gossamer thin thread connecting us even in, even in when i had no faith at all and you know was that done um, a hundred an ounce of coke the night before and wanted to jump off a building yeah. and and but he was always there and and it was always the same same Father Joe kind big nose big ears big feet um just a wonderfully funny saintly man i mean it, it, he he was what i would like i, I would imagine saints can be yeah. if, if they're uh, if 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 there is such a thing uh, you glad and, you didn't um, become a monk i did
2: you, are you yeah, glad that you didn't become hard. a monk? Because you, you, were, you, you were you were keen. You kept, there are periods that you go, right, I'm ready now, I want to become a monk. He said, no, 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 you should go off to Cambridge, first of all, and then we'll talk, and then, right. no, 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 you should go off and do this and be a father and things. Um,
8: yeah. you, you got you got quite angry at one point that he wouldn't let you become a monk. Oh, absolutely. No, I mean, I I deceived I, I my my parents and everything. I had a scholarship to Cambridge and I didn't tell them about it, and I went to join the monastery <laughs> and and uh and so you know it's like that and and um and the, the, one of the one of the in the book he actually says that that, that you know i I knew you would never make a mug my dear but um but he also told me later uh he told me you know when we were talking about that, that discovery he said well yes my dear if you would come if you would come here sooner or later you would have exploded, <laughs> causing a great deal of damage, <laughs> and that uh, uh, you know that was
2: typical part of the um, Spine, uh, Spinal Tap, Spitting Image. Um, you, uh, yes. I called you. I called you one of the co-creators before you came on. Is that right? Of Spitting Image, co-creator? Yes. How would you? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you found the guys uh, that were making the puppets.
8: Well, I didn't find them. They they actually they actually found me right. at the Lampoon, and and they um, and and I, and I t- took them immediately. They, they were, they, Roger Roger, I think, was in New York for some reason, Roger Law, and um, in the, sometime in the mid mid to late seventies, and I was by then editor in chief of the magazine, and uh, I just took them to, took to them immediately and loved what they did, which yeah. which in those days was making these plasticine models of of um, Incredibly famous people, and then making those incredibly famous people do just horrendous things. Um, but it was photographic at that point; there were stills. Um, but they were they were like the the sort of acme of, of, you know, of newspaper cartooning. Mm. So they, they were in the they were in, they were in the Times, I think, or maybe it may have been in the Observer. I can't remember. Yeah. But but anyway, so um, uh, and we got we became fast friends, and and they did a couple of pieces for me in the Lampoon. And when I left the Lampoon, um, n- not long after that, we sort of started talking about what you know what could be done next with these wonderful puppets. And um, this would have been in the late seventies. And uh, and at the time, the the Muppets were were like you know like global a global television show. Of course, yeah. Uh, and the Muppets were doing were doing all kinds of new sort of te- technology with 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 puppets. And they kind of, they kind of were the, uh, the, uh, the, the example that we had that, that this could be done and put on television. So we, we never actually worked with the Muppets, although one of our best, best puppeteers was, was from the Muppets. And several others were later too. But, um, so yeah, I mean, I was, I was, uh, I, I, I helped create the show. I, I, stuck with it until the, all the way through the first season. So I co-produced the first show too. Um, and it's a long story. It's all in the. It's well, all you, in the book, you wanted but, it to um,
2: be be more satirical, and and you, you felt that yeah. the, 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 the the some of the team wanted it to be more lampooning television. You know, the TV celebrity as
8: opposed to political figures. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. I mean, well, I, the, the two things. I, first of all, I wanted to be genuinely satirical. In other words, they're doing. I. I I, I never wanted to do just sort of sketches that come one after the other with no particular rhyme or reason I, I wanted to do little mini sitcoms in which, which which would run every week and then you there would be four or five of them in the show and you'd come back to them like one of them was called exchequers and and exchequers yeah. was was where all the retired prime ministers had gone you know to to die basically yeah. <laughs> so good. it was it was full of Callahan and and Douglas Hume and yeah. so forth and it was hilarious i mean it's really funny uh, all these all these old Old puppets like sn- snarling and sneezing and, 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 <laughs> and, and, and just generally being old and disgusting. Yeah. Um, and then there was another one which actually did make it on the show, which was called Number Nine Downing Street. Uh, which, um, in which, uh, the, there was a very pleasant old gentleman with silver hair called Mr. Wilcox next door at uh, number nine. So Maggie spoke over to Garden Fest to him, and he's quite clearly Hitler in retirement. So, and that was one of the sitcoms. And, and then there were a couple of others. And, and, and so that was my plan. And, and John Lloyd, who had real chops, I mean, he, he had, and he had a very good resume. What much, he said. no, I want to do much more. I want to do everybody. I don't want just politics. I want to do celebrities, and you know, and and uh, and so we we actually got on, John and I. But 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 there, there was a lot of other politics going on, which was much uglier, and um, and that was kind of used as the as the reason to push me out. But. I got a BAFTA nomination out of it, and that's all I care about.
2: That's it. You've got a nomination. Um, (laughs) What what,
8: what are you doing now, Tony? What do you do now? Well, I'm I'm, uh, sort of in semi-retirement, but um, uh, I I run a little little, uh, satirical radio show and website called The Final Edition. Um, which uh, the final edition radio, Hour, it's actually sort of coming on the air in, in 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 various places. It's a podcast and it runs about thirty minutes. It's called the final edition radio, Hour, and it's um, it's actually available on iTunes and so forth and so forth. So if anyone's interested, they might want to go and listen to it. Um, it's modelled very very largely on the old National Lampoon radio. Hour. So it's fully produced sketches. You know, it's not it's not fun. sort of two comedians yanking at one another. It's like very funny, of,
2: and I'm going to tweet the link down. to it in a little bit, um, so that people Great. Can check out. You, okay, okay, Tony. Hey, listen, man. I, it, yeah. Honestly, it's such a thrill. You sound exactly the same as you do in, in Spinal Tap. It's such a joy and a thrill <laughs> to talk. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. I don't know. That was, but um, I, I, I never lost my accent, even after fifty years. Well, this, okay, I was, I was I was asking Kath about this. How did you do that? Because your accent is still so. Brief. British what have you done to keep it because whenever you know I remember Jim Dale the carry on star when he went and did a did Barnum in New York suddenly he had a transatlantic accent you've
8: not done that right no well I'm a very slow study right okay and um (laughs) might be one reason but but I don't know I mean it's uh it's uh I kind of like my voice so I I don't particularly want to don't particularly want to change it no and in any way in heavy traffic I become very American
2: Tony, it's honestly such a thrill to talk to you, man. Anytime you, you, if you get bored and you want to come on and have a chat again, you'd be very, very welcome. Okay, well, we've got lots of other stuff to cover. I know, so. I know. We did this. Is, I do. I, I barely touched any of the stuff that I wanted to talk about. We'll get you on again, man. Definitely, I've loved it. Thank you so much, Tony. You bet. It was absolutely it was
8: great fun. Thank you so much for the
2: interview. Nice one, mate. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, that's Tony Hendra. Uh, wasn't he delightful? We'll put all these ads together, so just give us an out time so that we can get to the top of the thing. Wasn't he delightful? Man alive. I'll, I'll tweet his um, his podcast link in in, in a little bit. I have found as well the... Um, thank you. Um, Christopher Guest doing James Taylor from Lemmings. I've got to check there's not swears in it. I don't think there are swears in that one. I don't think there are, but um, you, you've got to be so careful. That John Lennon thing I tweeted is uh, is his filth and is awful and is terrible. Wasn't he delightful? He loved that. Did he? Yeah, oh, he really good, did. good. Because we've had a we've had a lovely bit of email tennis, um, and he came back and he said, uh, "Right, I've, I've googled you. You're in the sun." And it says here you are the new Danny Baker. Oh. He said, as long as you don't talk to me about football, and as long as you don't... It's all been, you know, joking. As long as you don't go off on too many flights of fancy, I think we'll get on well.
3: (laughs) I mean, he's come to the right place for no football.
2: (laughs) I I said, Tony, there'll be no mention of football, and I'll try and rein in the flights of fancy popular culture Well, I just
3: spoke to him and he's up for coming on again. Brilliant!
2: Because so. we didn't even touch off it. This is this is such a good book.
3: Right? Can I borrow that? Yeah, of
2: course you can. It's a it's a cracking book.
3: Also, I said I'll put it out as a bonus podcast tomorrow. Yeah. Send him a link. Bosh! He's going to put a bit on his
2: bishy bashy boshy. Seventy six. No. Yeah, that's not the voice of a seventy six year old. His, his voice like hasn't that. changed. He's, 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 he's something like that. I'll, let me uh, make a bit, let me have a little look at the. I'm sure. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, not not in the slightest. Um. Hang on let's, uh, let's Let's out his age, shall we? 76. Wow. Isn't it funny? Um, and, um, and, and I didn't know all this stuff about him, um, you know, working with the Pythons. I didn't know any of that. I didn't know any of that. And I, I, was, I was happy to talk about this book, talk about Lampoon, because it's kind of the rabbit hole I'm falling down at the moment, and talk about the tap. And then I find out he was friends with Graham Chapman and did a double act with him, and he set up Spitting Image and... Oh, just wonderful. Dear listener, it's an unusual start to the show. We've had two guests back-to-back, and in this hour we've asked for none of your phone calls. Um, So it's always hard to, when I send out the rallying cry after an hour of no phone calls, say, you can call us now, guys! And you're like, yeah, you didn't want us for an hour... Jog on, and he <laughs> said, "Sod off." Then but, I, and I remembered the One Show we're here filming this, and I thought I'd better not do that. That's not um, a One Show word. It's not a One Show word. Do you like the One Show? Love so it. I, I love it, of course. I, t- t- I tell you about the film I made for the One Show a bit later on. It was we went to um, uh, the Oracle in Reading. It's not a fortune teller; it's a shopping centre. I Had a really, really, really nice afternoon. But before that, we went and took my mum out. And filmed her. I saw for the it. picture. Oh, she had the time of her life. Especially when the director said, "Now then, um, if you've got any embarrassing stories about Ian, please feel free." I was going oh, for
3: God's oh, sake. Oh gosh, I bet she's been saving those. Oh
2: all. God, I said this. Don't please don't. Um, she. Loved it. So um, I'll, I'll let you know, dear listener, when it goes out. I'd imagine it'll be next week some point. I know, anyway, um, so what I'm saying is, in a roundabout way, I could do with some phone calls for the last hour of the show. 0344 is the telephone number. 0344 is the telephone number. It will cost you pennies, probably free, and we call you back. My name is Ian Lee. This is The Late Night Alternative on Talk Radio.
0: The late night alternative with Ian Lee
2: on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. So the problem was it, they lived in different countries and it got hard. Well, there's a way to there's a way around that. One off the wrist, Ooh. isn't it? Isn't it? Is your microphone on? Doesn't sound like no, it. No, let's put it on. There we go. Do that all oh, again. Oh, that's what we're talking. We can about. dub it on after. Um, we'll get Tony on again. Wasn't he great?
3: He was so good. He was
2: great. David, Bruce, Daniel, stay there. Um, we'll come to you in a bit. I want to play... Now, uh, I've not heard this song all the way through for years.
3: Oh, that's always a
2: good sign. So we'll give it a go. This is... Um, we talked about the show they did Lemmings, right? Which is um, the uh, uh, National Lampoon kind of Mickey take of, of, of Woodstock. And Christopher Guest, who, uh, of course, um, best in show, waiting for government, Um Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis does James Taylor. I'll hover over it and we'll see if... I've got a dump button. Um this 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 listen to this impression is absolutely spot on hmm?
12: Oh well. down the of my Maybe you treat me Hang on a
2: second does that go does that go up anymore at all? No, it doesn't go up any louder. Why is that so quiet? Let me, um, how's it going? Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. It's, it's going to be quiet. It's going to be. I I'll see if I can find a light, louder one first. Let's talk to Daniel while I try and find a, a louder one. Good evening, Daniel. Hello. Hello, Daniel. Good evening. Good evening. Hello, good evening, and welcome, Daniel. What have you got for yeah, us?
9: Yeah, I would like to, to talk about one uh, recent story that happened in my life. Um, is it Electric Boogaloo? I'll... No, I went to the job center. I live in Lambeth. I went to the job center, and they 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 have a triage process. Uh, you can apply for a job, and so I went to a job interview in the job center. There's oh. a room, and uh, I was applying for a uh, to be yeah. a Portuguese teacher. Okay. Uh, and so they they do this triage, like there are Have
3: you phoned us before, Daniel?
9: Yes, I called you before, yes, that's yeah, right. You yeah, you told us about Jessie J. Yeah, that's, that's right, yeah. I remember but... you, Oh, but... yeah, you like Jessie J, she's your sex. Yeah, but the thing is, uh, I, th- I think you're, you're Catherine, isn't it? Yes. Oh, I, OK, because I thought the, the the person that answered the phone was Catherine, but no, I'm confused, mate.
3: You the... are confused, yeah. that's not me answering the phones tonight.
2: OK, so Jessie J oh, okay. is your sex and you're a Portuguese teacher. OK, continue a voosive mm-hmm. play.
9: Yes. So the thing is, all all people in this uh, triage interview, they were uh, qualified to be Portuguese teachers. Yes. And so the, we we came. It is like a job interview. Come in, suit, and uh, uh, with the CV and all these things. And so after all, they <laughs> they were they were sending two of us. We were, we were about twenty. They were sending two of us to the to the real job interview. So yes. this was just triage. Okay, yes. So the thing is, it did go quite well. I did go to, I, I did pass the this triage and I did go to, to the real job interview. Yes. Uh, but the thing is, I think this is quite unfair <clears throat> because uh, there should be a way of um, giving a mark to to us. Like, imagine I'm e- eligible for that job, so I have the qualifications and all that. If not, <clears throat> I, I have to leave the room. So either you are eligible or yes. you are not.
2: That sounds fair enough. So you're so saying the you people? Are, that, if
9: you're eligible, yes, then you are given a mark. sorry, so, so you are, you are giving um, you are given a mark from zero to ten. Yes. So imagine I have five, and another guy has eight, or like you know, like the everyone gets a mark from one, one to ten. And according to the mark that, that I get from one to ten, I get a raffle. So if I get eight, I get eight raffle tickets.
2: A raffle if, ticket.
9: Yeah, like, you know, like in Santa Claus hat, uh, you know, like the casual hat, you, you put the, the raffles in the hat. Yes. And, and the raffle tickets, you put them. So if I got a, a 10 mark, the best mark in the, in, the, in the class, then I would get 10 tickets into the hat.
2: And what do you win? Is it a meat raffle?
9: No, no, ticket raffle. If you win, you, win you, tickets. You, you, you go to the real interview. So only two people go to the real interview.
3: What he's describing here is a job tombola.
9: Right. Yes, exactly. A job tombola. But the thing is, they already do this <laughs> the job center. They they do a triage process with, like, if, you're, if it's a job without, that doesn't need much qualifications, you, 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 you go to this triage. There, there may be 20, 40 people. Yes for a kitchen port or something. So you
2: think that jobs you, that you to decide whether you go for a job interview or not should be done via a tombola.
9: Yes because wow. the thing is the, the real recu- the real employers they don't have time to to interview 40 people. No. And and if it's, it's Well, hang not it isn't yeah. aren't
2: CVs doing the job of weeding people out?
9: Yeah, but CVs pile at at employer's desks, you know, is is a complete mess. Actually, I think the CV should be official. I'm all for the centralized things, like all systems decentralized. But in terms of CV, I think it should be a completely central yes. centralized thing. It should be the job center. You should have the, the CV online in the job center page. And once you are not looking for a job, it, it would be uh, disabled, like or it should be completely central system.
3: Um, on your CV, does it have, like, hobbies and interests, or do you think in a centralised system that should be irrelevant?
9: No, it should be all, like, all, all the details, mm. and uh, if anything changes, it's automatically change because imagine you have your CV on 20 websites. Yeah. If you change something, you need to go to these 20 websites to change uh, the yeah, details. Yeah, this is central. OK, if, um, so did you get the job? No, because it was me and the other guy. He the other it. guy was Brazilian, and the, the, they preferred the Brazilian teacher. Well,
3: hang on a minute. If you're learning Portuguese, that Brazilian accent is very specific, and I think quite, <laughs> I learned uh, or tried to learn Portuguese for a year, and I found the Brazilian accent very tricky to understand.
2: So you don't like a Brazilian?
3: Well, it's not you that I don't it, like, sorry. it's just, you know, it's, it's an acquired taste. Do you
2: like a Brazilian, Daniel?
9: Well, in in Portugal, we we everyone, every Portuguese in Portugal uh, watches the the soap operas of Brazil. Yes. So we are completely addicted in in Brazilian soap operas. Yeah. And their language is more like singing and more like uh, you know party and uh, it
3: is, it's, it's a more uh, it's, it's good times, isn't people it? People
9: say it's more high frequency. Whoa! Whoa! What was that? That was an explosion. <laughs> But you know, I yeah. was watching a video on on the internet. Yes, and uh, another. I was trying. I uh... was trying
2: to play. Hang on a minute. I'm trying. I was trying to play, and I don't know why it's not allowing me to do it. God, computers suck, don't they? I'm trying to play this. Oh, I know. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs>
9: Do you know this one, Daniel? Uh, I think it's the Bonnie, Bonnie M, isn't it? No, it's not
2: Bonnie M. Uh, Bonnie M, a Scottish tribute band. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no? Listen this bit more.
9: Can you actually speak Portuguese, Daniel? Of course, I'm native. I my Portuguese is at level of a writer.
2: Okay, well d- say something. But say but say something really long and
9: complicated. Like friends forever. In Portuguese and Spanish, you say amigos sempre. Well, that's, that's Spanish.
3: No, amigos para siempre.
9: Okay. But amigos is, para siempre. Okay, say something really sempre. complicated. Tell me,
2: para... tell me how I would operate your washing machine in Portuguese.
9: Uh, portanto, eu sou Daniel Alexandre. Para uh, consertar uma, uma máquina, eu tenho que ter ferramentas. Com essas ferramentas, eu vou poder operar a máquina, ver as instruções, seguir uma série de regras. E por isso que todas as máquinas são feitas na indústria, elas têm que ter standards e, e têm que ter padrões. E com esses padrões e com os livros de instruções eu vou poder operar a máquina, vou poder pegar num, numa ferramenta e arranjar a máquina. Arranjar significa uh, consertar. Portanto, se há, se há uma avaria no sistema, se a máquina tem uma avaria, eu posso, com a minha ferramenta, abrir a máquina, seguir as instruções, ver se há algum, alguma falha, por exemplo, se for uma máquina de lavar... A roupa, eu posso uh, ver que ela está a derramar uh, água por trás, por exemplo. Vou ver, então, com as minhas ferramentas, abro a máquina, vejo onde é que está a verter. E a partir daí, posso consultar a máquina, ou se a máquina tiver uma, uma marca de qualidade, posso mandar, a marca para a fábrica, uh, posso mandar a máquina para a fábrica, e a partir daí, a máquina será consultada pelos fabricantes. i
2: am still not convinced your Portuguese.
9: So you think I'm Romanian?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, um, well, there you go, you know. (laughs) It's very complicated. All
9: right, well, I I hope you get work soon. Yeah, because I developed the international postcode system using meter cubes. Whoa. Sorry? I developed the international postcode system using meter cubes. Okay, thank you. Every meter cube is a different postcode location, and all the meter cubes are numbered. Okay. Wow,
2: you've gone crazy. Okay.
9: Um, is Jesse J and still your sex? I was sex? watching a YouTube video. I was watching a YouTube video and an advertisement came up yeah. saying that I could be selling things from other people without having them. It's called drop shipping. You, you have an inventory of uh, things to sell online, but these things, you, you don't have them in stock. Okay. You, you. See, it's called drop shipping. It's getting very popular now. Okay. I was watching YouTube. And well, this, uh, but...
2: as long as you get involved in drop shipping and not drop shitting, I think you'll be okay. <laughs> Daniel, best of luck with your job, <laughs> my friend. Thank, Thank you. you Thank you. No, me neither. Um, I, th- I think I've just bought the Lemmings album because um, I'm crazy like that. Um, I think. <laughs> Here we go. Christopher Guest
12: doing James Taylor. Listen to this. I'm hovering over the dump. Hitching down the freeways of my soul for-
2: It's pretty mean as well it's all about him cuz he was a heroin addict i know and he went to a mental institution to get clean and i think they did electroconvulsive therapy on him have
3: you read that carly simon book
2: no i've not it's
3: amazing yeah. right so they've been married for a while and yeah. he suddenly produces this um, this suitcase from the top of the wardrobe with he, all his gubbins in and yeah, does it in front of her that's how she found out
2: he had drug gubbins drug gubbins um Tony was friends with Carly Simon. I know. I,
3: funny, I find that very they? exciting.
2: Uh, can I get one of those teas, please? I've got yes. a bit of a throat going. A little bit of a throat with a spoon in, please. Uh, <laughs> Bruce, David, um, and John, stay there. 03444991000. This is Talk Radio.
11: Jacked up Jive Talk for janitors, jazz cats, and gin-soaked boys and girls. A mondo. <laughs> if you're awake,
10: you're a welcome. I've got five cactus needles stuck in
0: my The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio.
2: 344 499 is the telephone number. Evening, John! Why, good evening, Ian. You called in to um, let us know that Jackie Mason isn't dead, and, and
11: <laughs> that's a relief. And before we get started on that, I want to mention while I was on hold waiting for you, I was thumbing the newspaper, and they just announced that John Mahoney
2: passed away last night. Who's that? Fraser's dad. No, no, really? Really? Oh, God, blimey. Dear me. Well, he, he was... Well, I mean, I'm not as surprised I mean, as perhaps I it. would be. Yeah, he was, a, he was an old guy. He was an old guy. What are you doing? Are you eating your telephone?
11: No, I just was taking a drag on my cigarette while you were speaking, so as to not interrupt you.
2: Well done, well done. That's manners. Is there a spoon? Thank you. That's, that's manners, John. Well done. But you interrupted me by, um, by, by crumbling. You know, there's a brilliant Japanese game show called um is it candy or is it not candy, and people get put in a room and there are ten things hidden in the room that are made of candy, and they have to try and find them, but it'll be like a shoe or a door knocker or a, a drawer and the only way you could if you think something's candy, you have to bite it, and if it's candy well you eat you eat some candy, and if it's not, then you're chewing on a bit of wood that yeah, is sounds. That's a game show. That
11: that sounds like an interesting game show. Sounds like something they would do on Fear Factor.
2: Um, do you ever? Uh, do you know? What? I too I've not watched for ages, and I, I I got right into it, and I forgot about it because I got distracted as I do. Um, naked and afraid. Are you aware of that show?
11: Uh, I've seen that one. I prefer that naked dating one. Oh, geez, myself. that naked
2: dating one is grim.
11: But I also like the one I can't remember the name of it, where they had the people in the boxes naked, and they would show like from the knee down, and then from the waist down. That's the, and the they 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 naked attraction. That's
2: naked attraction.
11: Oh, that. That is the funniest thing I've ever seen on TV. The gay guys on there say the meanest things I've ever heard said on television in my life.
2: It's the weirdest. The thing is, right, why would you want to go out with someone who's prepared to go naked on television? It's just weird. And the weird willies and the weird vaginas and everything is weird. But Bodies, here's the thing, right? Naked bodies are hideous, right? That's why they invented Photoshop, because an airbrushing, because everyone's everyone's naked body, right, is horrendous. No one wants to see that stuff. Well, there's
11: exceptions to you every know. rule. There, you can't paint everybody with that broad I'm
1: brush. I'm painting them with
2: a broad brush. There's, there are no exceptions to the rule. Even the hottest person in the world, naked without a, without a touch-up is, um, there's no leave
3: I think generally a face is nicer than a private part straight away, you know?
2: Yeah,
11: Yeah. Well, with proper grooming and all, (laughs) you know? In fact, since the other night, I can't stop thinking about that lady with the defibrillator, and I would love for her to reach out to me on Twitter because I have a question I know I can't ask her on the air.
2: Well, hang on, who, who, what, who, what? Electric Mel. Oh, God, yeah, 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 yeah the lady that gave um, uh, uh, electric shocks to gentlemen who um, were making love to her. I I have a question about that. Yeah, go on.
11: But I don't think I can ask it on the air because I'm wondering when she reaches peak, if... She will give that shock no matter what. No, when she I I researched this.
2: When she reaches peak, um, her body um, raises six inches off the bed, and um, you can see her skeleton, and and it's it's bright blue, and her hair stands on end. (laughs) Or is that a cartoon? I don't know. John, go and get your phone sorted out. Thanks for calling. Um, I listened to Howard Hughes at the weekend.
3: I had a little listen.
2: He had um, um, a psychic woman on, right? Did you hear the psychic woman? No. Right, and she was on Skype, right, and it sounded it sounded great. And he kept going, um, could you get a little closer to your microphone because it sounds a little bit tinny. I think it sounds all right. And so she got to the button, it sounded a little bit better. And then, and it sounded fine, right? You know, it's, it's Skype when you're talking to a computer and not microphones. You've got to get a little bit closer. It sounded fine. And then after I went, okay, well, we're going to have to end the interview there because the Skype quality is just, it's just too poor. It's just, it's just, it was it's just, it's just fine. fine. Talking, I listen again this is weird it's, it's absolutely fine it's, it's, it's pretty darn near perfect did he
3: have his headphones plugged in <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was a strange old thing strange old who else who did you hear on there then
3: I heard some bloke talking about UFOs
2: oh I was, um, I, was a bit... I think I was playing ex- uh, uh, PlayStation then I, I was finding it a little bit boring yeah um, oh I like the UFO ones well
3: this UFO guy was saying so Howard was saying so um, I can't do the voice um, so, you know, pilots oh, are but saying... No, if you,
2: here's the rule now. We love Howard Hughes' show. It's brilliant. Sat- uh, Sunday night, 10 o'clock at night, it's great. But this is the new rule. If we're quoting Howard, we do Howard's voice.
3: So a pilot travelling along uh, could not... That's
2: Chris Tarrant.
3: I d- No, he's more... Wah! He doesn't need to go... Wah! Chris Tarrant
2: doesn't go... What? That's my boys. What are you talking about?
3: <laughs> anyway, don't Has Chris Tarrant
2: been reincarnated as my two children? <clears throat> oh, God. Chris Tarrant you... does it... Go on. It does just, make a noise. Can I just play you this thing? My my boys, um, I went round there tonight, and um, they've they've got a song. There's a new song doing the rounds. All right, uh, where is it? Where is it? It's it. There's a new song doing the rounds at school, mm-hmm. and um, I, 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 it made me laugh so much. I mean, it's so it, it's childish. There's six and eight.
3: They're allowed to be childish. But
2: this is uh, if anyone else's kids are singing this. Here we go. In
4: 1984, the babies went to war. They had their
7: guns,
2: so they used their bums and actually won the war. So in 1984, the babies went to war. Yeah. They had no guns, so they used their bombs, and the babies won the war. And I went... I heard it, and I was in hysterics. Right? I got, kept getting them to sing it, and I went, well, that's obviously based on the 1984 baby war. They went, what? I said, yeah, yeah, you know, there was actually... There was in I remember in 1984 there there actually was yeah. um a ba- the babies went to war And the boys were like really I said yeah and the pro- the problem was it got it got so complicated because they didn't have any weapons of any kind the boys went, so what did they do I said well they used their bums and here's the funny thing they actually won the war just by using their bums yeah and then my my eldest went I'm going to google that <laughs> I said, what are you going to type in? He said, I'm going to type in... Baby war. In
3: 1980...
2: No, no, no. In 1984, did the babies go to war and use their bums and did they win? (laughs) I said, you go and Google that, son. let's make a site that says it does. (laughs) Quick, someone do a Wikipedia page about the 1984 baby war, please. I want to send my son to it. Isn't it funny? Because the thing when I was a kid was... um,
3: 1986, the Queen pulled down a Knicks?
2: No, we had. Um, it's kind of similar. Uh, we, 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 it was similar in that who wants to play war, no girls allowed. Mm. But we'd walk around in like a line with our arms around each other, and then the line would get bigger. And it was We Won the War in 1974. Oh, really? Yeah, We Won the War in 1974.
3: Did you ever do Anybody in the Way Gets a Kick Up the Bum? Um, no, mate. Oh, we did. A lot.
2: Um, And they did. Bruce! I, Ian. How are you? I'm good, thank you, Bruce. How are you doing, man? You are right. All right, thank you. Loving your show tonight. It's been, it's been a strange one. I've got a cold, but I'm being very brave about it. Oh, he's it.
3: barely mentioned
2: it. Yes. I haven't mentioned it on air <laughs> more than twice, which is unusual oh. for me. I've had some Andrew's liver sal- salts as well. Have you? Yeah, so I've got to be careful not to cough too hard. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Could be. Could be one of those nights. Oh, I, I want to wish through you good- in my pants, yeah. is what I'm saying. Sorry, Bruce. Yeah,
11: we got that, we got
2: OK, just in case you missed I it. I wanted to wish you good luck for Sunday brunch uh,
6: at the weekend because I saw your Cheers video pl- played yesterday. Oh, they and, played uh, it. I'm
2: going to be on Sunday brunch. I've got on mainstream. I'm going to be on Sunday brunch on uh, is it the weekend at some point. Well, Sunday? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, thank you. Um, they played it, did they? Uh, some- then someone, someone tweeted me saying, oh, you'll get the PC brigade on you after that. And I said, what did I say? <laughs> and I think it was something like... Well, I was in the studio here. It's like, cheers, Simon. Uh, cheers, Tim. Yeah. i got uh, looking forward to being on the show. I've got to go and speak to these nutters or something.
3: <laughs> yeah. Someone was calling me out
2: for it. Idiots.
3: Someone who's not listened to the show, clearly. Yeah. It's not cool. Uh, um, do you for it.
13: Have you got a dream uh, menu you'd like
8: them to cook for you when you're there?
2: <laughs> um, Yes, I have rice
8: and beans.
2: I don't know. Do I get? Well, I like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know why I'm mm. going on there. I know my friend Mel produces it. Um, I don't know what mm. I've got. Nothing to plug apart from this excellent radio show. Um, yeah. I'm 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 hoping I get to cook.
6: Yeah, I, I, I and, you, and don't forget you get to taste drinks as well.
2: <laughs> I don't I don't drink. I'll, I'll, this could be. Imagine that. Imagine if if I if I fell off the wagon again, uh, but this time on television because it'd be rude not to. And then at the end of it, I'm steaming and, and punching um, Tim Lovejoy in the in the neck. Imagine that yeah. could happen. I hope it doesn't happen. I don't want it to happen. Try
3: not to let that happen.
2: Try not to Remember. let. I, I'm looking forward to. It. I'm really looking forward to it because um, I don't. I must have met Tim Lovejoy before. I've heard from so many people, he's a lovely, lovely bloke. And Simon looks like a nice bloke. So I'm digging that. I did, uh, this is how mainstream I am. So Saturday, uh, uh, Bruce, I was filming all day for mm. the one show. And yeah. then Sunday, last night, I recorded um, a radio, uh, a panel quiz show for Radio Four, hosted by Gabby Roslin. Uh, yeah. uh, 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 my team captain was Ellie Taylor, who I think is brilliant. The other team captain was John Thompson. Um, <laughs> and on his team was Lucy Porter. Um, and then um, it, there were people doing impressions, Alistair McGowan and Ronnie Ancona. Oh. Were doing, and it's a really funny quiz. The, 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 it's all about movies. And the, the best round was they'd get... Um, um, let me think. All right. So they had... Um, they get the, impre- the, the, the uh, Alistair McGowan and Ronnie Ancona to be people and then act out a scene from a film, but the wrong people. So you had Prince Harry and Meghan Markle acting out a scene it may have been from ghostbusters actually um and it was it's funny man i got a few laughs i got the karate kid right and um i got some laughs and we won of course what'd we you won. win didn't win anything um and i tell you it was it, what what was the, the biggest thrill and this will be a name for some of you mm. right um it was produced by gordon kennedy now do you know who gordon kennedy is
9: I've heard of I've heard of him. Um,
2: he was part of a great comedy yeah. team in the late eighties, early nineties that never got. It was Scottish, absolutely.
3: Oh, I recognise him. It's
2: Video. Um, <laughs> and I used to love absolutely. And I got I got quite starstruck meeting him. And he produces and directs lots of comedies for Radio 4 now. And he came and said, Ian, it's lovely to meet you. He said, oh, uh, Gordon, honestly, man, I, I, you know, abs- I, loved, I, just, I loved it. And I got a bit tongue-tied. It was lovely. Um, but it's a good show. I don't know what it's on. I'll let you know. So, um, Bruce, my life has changed... Oh, thank luck. you very much. And, and, and good, best of luck with Sunday brunch. And thank you very much, Wayne. Well. Cheers, my dears. Ta-ta. Cheers. Thank, thank you. you. Oh, he, was saying, um, he thought I was saying my life had changed because of him.
3: Well, I mean, really, it is because of the people.
2: No, it's not. It's because See, of me. Everyone
3: who voted you in the jungle, you owe each and every one of them. <sighs>
2: Oh nothing. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. I'm Ian Lee. This is the late night alternative on talk radio.
0: Dead of night discourse for disco queens. i to Jedward and Dolly Parton. Dairy farmers aye, aye. and distant fathers. Yeah, well. The late night alternative
6: with Ian Lee. Doing lots of things that we don't know about. We can't control on
0: talk
2: radio. Yes, great. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand bugged up. I don't think this call's going to last very long, so let's see. Schmeggery. Are you
13: talking to me?
2: Is that your name? No. Then I'm talking to you. Good evening. Good evening. I just realised
13: today that it's 25 years since I met someone very important in my life. So what? So I thought I'd call in and share it with you and, the mili- with you and the millions listening.
2: Why don't you call them and then stick it up their backside? Whom? Sorry? Whom? The person to which you refer. <sighs> That's Whom?
13: I don't think it would be appreciated,
2: especially after all I've done. You want me to ask you about this person, don't you? Not particularly. Thanks for calling. You, you sound very defensive tonight. You, you sound offensive.
13: Well, if you're defensive and I'm offensive, let's call the whole
2: thing off. Thanks very much for calling. Let us go to... <laughs> Oh, this is the best job in the world. And he's wrong. This is the best job in the world. Don't tell her. She'll want it. What does she know? Good evening, Simon. Yo. Yo, man. Bit strange. Yeah. Now, look, no, no,
6: I want to... Um, I've spoke to you before about um, mental health issues. Yes. And I wanted to sort of flag up something that 's happened today um, with regards to something that 's going on with me and um, basically if if it's if it 's um boring or you know it, it's not fitting of of the show, then just say so and i and i 'll stop but I wanted to read you an email uh, correspondence that's been going backwards and forwards between myself and a officer at my local council.
2: Right, OK. Well, hang on a second. OK. Um, uh, um, right, two things. One, it might not make great radio. And two, um, emails are kind of private, and I, I, I think reading out an email... I would be correct in this, wouldn't I? Reading out emails is perhaps not... Legally, yeah, maybe, but it's not quite the done thing. Am I right, Catherine? Uh, put well, your producer's hat on. Oh, <laughs> take your take your milf what hat you off and put your produce your put your pilf hat on.
3: <laughs> wow, gosh, it's the same hat. Um,
2: <whistles> yeah.
3: Without knowing what's about to happen, I feel very itchy about us, what's about to us happen. Give us the
2: give us the give us the gist. Can you give me the okay. gist? Oh yeah, the, the gist. Okay. Um,
6: I, I'm, I'm a cab driver. I, I'm sure you've gathered that by now. Well, um, that. No, I had a problem. I, I borrowed some money off of a friend of mine to buy a car uh, a couple of years, well, a year and about a year and a half ago. Okay. And whilst paying for that car, the car had engine failure and was off the road, and I was basically left with the debt plus having to buy or get the repair done yes. uh, because I was unable to work I had to go on to benefits for, for a while and unbeknownst to me because of the, the way that it's all assessed uh, when I originally applied I qualified and then when they did a review I didn't qualify and then they wanted um, me to pay uh, arrears and back payment etc cetera, etc cetera. And it's it's a tidy little sum, and I literally can't afford it. Anyway, the guy that's dealing with it at my council, obviously I'm not going to mention any names, Mm, he is one of the most obnoxious, offensive pieces of work you've ever met. Wowzers. And this is a guy who quite clearly chases his bonuses because he's got no compassion whatsoever. He's rude. He's a bully. And the way he he treats people is just downright offensive. Yes. Now, I'm having to seek a course of action um, similar to a, a, to bankruptcy, basically, in order to, to free myself of the situation that I'm in, and the correspondence I've had from this guy, both on the phone and via email, has been nothing short of just offensive, and today, he emailed me and basically said, um, I haven't heard from you for a month, you said this, blah, blah, blah. Um, All right,
2: I'm going to stop you there. Read me out a bit that's offensive. Don't want any names. I don't want to know where you are. Read me out a bit that you think is offensive.
6: I, you see, the email I want to read to you is what I wrote to him. Right. But, but, um, he's... The, the, the email he sent me this morning, uh, I know it, calendar month has passed since you sought advice in respect of your debts. You have made no contact with me. Please, um make a, a repayment ag- agreement by return. Right. Uh, that that in itself is not too bad. No. I've had conversations on the phone with this guy where he said to me, I've said to him, well, okay, I can give you £5 a week, and, and his response to that has been, I don't think so, because every time I come, in, I, I make an arrangement with someone like you, um, the arrangement gets broken, and then I have to spend £30 writing you another letter. You know what I mean? Like it's coming out of his pocket. Okay. But but it's the whole mannerism, it's the pressure and the... When you're you're suffering with mental health and you don't know where you're coming or going, it's just, you don't need it. So I basically sent him a reply today, and I'll give you the gist of it. The gist of it is basically that um, he is a rude, obnoxious obnoxious man. Have you sent this email? Yes, I have, he Oh. He is a bully and also... Um, And this is the reason I wanted to bring this up. is because if you've got other people that are in a similar situation, then I think I've discovered today, don't just um, accept it and and let these people treat you like that. Yeah, but also, Um, but
2: also, but also, um, hmm. read the email you wrote. Don't read his name. No, no, no.
6: Right, okay. Dear sir, I find you to be somewhat of a bully. The tone you adopt in your correspondence, either on the phone or via email, is to your detriment. Let me stop you there,
2: because okay. you, you've, said, you've just said to me mm. that in the email, that email was all right that he sent you. That, uh, you said the emails yeah, were OK, is, it was on the phone that he was a problem. Yeah, but this is a, a
6: build-up build of the the, the uh, conversations that I've had with this guy.
2: On email? So
6: email and phone calls. Right,
2: OK, so you're saying there are definitely emails where he is rude to you.
6: There are emails uh, where his tone is rude. It's the phone conversation. I don't know. Right. Been. Well,
2: okay. You're right. Wipe the phone conversations out because there's no way of, unless they're recorded, there ain't no way of checking it. And uh, to- sometimes formal formal letters and emails can sound rude, can, can be read as rude, or they can <clears> just be read as efficient. Oh,
6: well, I get that. Yeah, no, I get that. But
2: I mean, having spoken to this guy, it's just yeah. Know, I know, but it, then, but then we, but having a conversation, I can say that um, earlier on today, um, uh, Kath called me a, 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 a massive racist, right? Um yeah. Which I am, but I'm not. <laughs> but, but there's but it, it, and she will say, yeah. well, I didn't call you a racist, and that's yeah, it. He, that's my it's my word against hers. I actually
3: yeah, didn't. Yeah, true, I, not true. today, anyway.
2: Yes, you did. Mm?
6: Well, look, the thing is, from my point of view, this, this, is a bit of, this has been building up. Yeah. And I'm basically having to, as, as long as... As well as feeling like poo, not knowing what to do, where to turn, okay. uh, I'm also having to um, allow this bloke to talk to me like that because for fear, and that's yeah. the thing, for fear of any okay. possible... Well, um, and, and this is particularly
2: appropriate today because there's a very sad story of a gentleman, a driver for DPD, the delivery firm, who um, who right. died because he was... Uh, because. Let me take the word because out. Who died and had been afraid to take days off to go and visit the doctor because he got fined 150 quid once. And uh, right. it was big stories in all the right. papers today. And, and all right, yeah. carry on with the email. OK.
6: Well, when you suffer with mental health, everything's compounded, as you know, and you get yourself wound up. Anyway, so well, I've explained my circumstances to you and the fact that I have mental health issues. I sent you a letter explaining that I was seeking advice from an official body and that, I need en- and that I need any further communication from you to be put on hold whilst I explore possible solutions. Your response was appalling. At the moment, you are merely just one of many wolves wrapping at my door, including the Housing Association, who are about to take me to court and seek possession of my home. I'm struggling to feed myself and keep warm, which I'm sure you can empathise, tongue-in-cheek. The arrears which have accrued as a result of both benefit overpayment and counter-tax arrears are deeply distressing and never intended. I find myself a victim of both the system and circumstance. I'm afraid that at this moment I am unable to pay. Please allow me to elaborate. One, I am not refusing to pay. I'm not playing... All right, all right, Listen, I've
2: got it. You're you're in the shit. Excuse me, you're in the shit. All right. And, um... It feels like everybody's against you. First of all, um, you're not going to like do any- You're not going to kill yourself or anything, are you? Oh God, no. Good. All right, good. Because it's you know, it's p- people do in these situations. I-, I wouldn't. That's my that. that's my
6: point. That's my point. Yeah. Ian.
2: Yeah. All right, because people
6: do. And, yeah. and they, can I can I just read on a little bit more? Because I, I refer to that. No,
2: don't, we don't. We 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 don't need you sign it, Daniel Craig. Oh. No, we don't. We don't need to. <laughs> um, I tell you why. Because yeah. Okay. Um. But, but what is that email going to achieve? That's not going to achieve... It's not going to achieve anything. It might have made you no, feel it better, but it's not no, going to achieve did. anything.
6: No, it did. This is the ring I'm calling. Go on, then, What I happened?
2: Was quite, I was amazed.
6: I was absolutely amazed, right? Because I did... You know, I referred to, um... People like him, who um, all right, got no, right, we got that. Go on, what, ha- what, what happened? Is, like, what okay. happened as a result of it? So, so basically, um, at the end of at the end of it, I, I sent it and um, I told him that I was about the course of action I was I was seeking, and I got a reply back. <laughs> That's a speech in a month. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs>
2: That's it. Yeah. So he's it, so oh, he's, he's giving to... you a breather for a month. No,
6: he's, he's over that, or he's he's just realizing that he's. Bark up the wrong tree. I suppose I don't know. Well, he's still
2: going to want like... the money at some point, isn't he?
6: Well, well I'm, I'm seeking a bankruptcy.
2: Okay, right.
6: But but the point the point I want to get out there is if you've got other listeners that are in that situation, then don't be bullied.
2: Don't. Um, I would. Don't... Okay. All right. Well, it worked for you in that way, and I hope everything's all right in the end. Thank you, mate. Thank all right, you. Appreciate care. that. Ta-ta. Um, David, come to you after this.
0: Tales of mystery and imagination on the radio show that does things differently. parts, and I listen to a record of the Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. I'm a nut job, but not that kind of nut job. On Talk Radio.
8: Honest to God, it's the new Breaking Bad. Oh, no. ah, we watched
2: um, one of the newer episodes of The Good Place tonight. I thought it was a bit boring. I think not many I was excited
3: it. about it, yeah. and maybe that set me up for a fall. Not
2: many laughs in it.
3: I want to see the next one though. Not
2: not many laughs in in that one. Um, there's a bit too much story, uh, character development, and not many jokes.
3: But yes, I've heard good things about what happens.
2: All right, mate. Now spoiler alert. What? Spoiler alert. I'm about All to stick my things. finger up at you. Oh. Oh um, oh. So my boys, um, the, the we, we, because I was away in the jungle, and because of everything that's going on, we've really missed time the boys' birthday parties. So they're having them like three or four weeks after. And so it was the youngest's birthday party yesterday. And we did this thing called Brickies, which are like these. They're, they're they're kind of all over the place. Basically, it's like a Lego club. And um, you go to this place and you get set missions. You go and watch a short film, and you've you got right. Okay, so this is the bad guys have got this car, and we've got to build a car right. that can beat them. And then we've got to build and they have to build them. They get like missions. a master builder. Yeah, and the kids love it, man. You you win badges and stuff. And if it's, if it's your birthday, you get spot. It's wonderful. Um, they love it. Why am I telling you about brickies? Oh yeah. So at the end, I came in because uh, I. You know, I'm not seeing much of the kids at the moment, and and I was going to stay with them, and it was pretty clear they didn't want any. The kids didn't want any adults there, so I said, "I'm going to go. I'm going to go," and I went and sat in my car and read for a bit, um, and then I came back to t- take pictures of all the Lego, and um, my boy was doing the peace sign, and his friend had his fingers round the other way. Because it doesn't mean anything. Like
3: my youngest, yeah, yeah, it doesn't every mean time anything. I've got so many selfies well, of her,
2: and I, I thought this is this is the eight year olds. I thought I'm going in. I said, guys, this is peace and love, okay? And I'm going to be honest, the other way around is quite rude. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa hang on a minute. He's about to give us the key to the car. What do you mean rude? I said, oh. well, well, then I said, oh, it's swearing.
7: Aye.
2: And my eldest went, this is how pure they are and this is how wicked I am. My eldest went, what, swearing? Oh. I mean, I've, I've heard of it. It's like really bad words, isn't it? I said, yeah, it is. He said, what, well, like, Stupid. 'Cause stupid's a bad words, Yeah,
3: in hours. and in ours.
2: And um I said, ah, a little bit worse. Uh, listen, let's forget about that. But just that is that <laughs> you can't undo no, that. that. But if you've got your fingers around the other way, it's not peace and love. So so then then they wouldn't then they're just going around the whole time doing that. They're flicking the Vs at everybody. You've armed them. Yeah, totally. But then there was a weird thing, right? Uh, uh, David, I'll come to you in a minute, right? This is a weird thing. Okay. Every every household has got different rules about certain words and stuff. Yeah. And we kind of have a a saying sometimes when something crazy happens. I go, me or the boys go, what the heck? What the heck? And I said it to my boy. And there was another boy and a dad there. And this other boy went. (gasps) And the dad put his arm on me and said, we we don't allow that word in our house. What
3: heck? But heck is a euphemism.
2: And I think him, OK, this is awkward, right? My kids' party. Uh, We've paid for it.
3: You do your dad in.
2: Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, right. Okay. I don't want to say a word that deliberately would be offensive, you know, but it's not like I dropped an S or an F bomb. It's not like I said, what the hell which I could kind of understand. Yeah. Again, I, I wouldn't necessarily have a problem with it. <clears throat>
3: yeah, but it's not very nice coming out of the kids' mouth. No,
2: exactly. Uh, you know, I told you when I came back from the jungle, w- m- my boys were going, Jesus Christ, because they'd see me do it. And I said, well, you, it's not really appropriate. And I said it because I was in pain, and I, actually I shouldn't have said yeah. it, and all of that. But but what the heck? And the he, 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 arm on the shoulder said, well, we don't allow that word in our house. I'm thinking, right, we're not in your house. We it, do, so F off. <laughs> I was thinking, if I was in your house, that would be a different thing, right? Well... well, No, I think it would be. I think it would be. I think if you've got... Particularly if it's around children, if you've got rules of language around children and when we're in your house... Because someone else might come to our house and they might have different rules that are acceptable. Yeah. So I think if I'm in your house... okay, fine. But
3: I still think it was an an innocent mistake. Mistake in...
2: No, no, it wasn't a mistake, though, but I said it deliberately. No,
3: I mean, you didn't mean to offend.
2: Oh, no, 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 exactly. And I just thought that's quite a big statement yeah. it's not like i've gone what the shit you know it, it's, and I, I was re- i felt i felt a bit embarrassed yeah I felt embarrassed
3: that happened to me one um halloween and it was a- i really sorry,
2: i really had to stop myself as well shrugging my shoulders and going when he said we don't allow that word in the house i really wanted to go so what <laughs> <laughs>
3: Your fourteen-year-old uh, yeah, self, yeah, and, and... <laughs> so what? mate? Oh, sorry. No, uh, we opened the front door to a load, of... and you know, you, the spooky characters. Yes, and it, there's one of my eldest daughter's classmates. It uh, would have been a few years ago, so I reckon probably about seven, eight, whatever. And um, you know, you've got a limited range of things you can say to express surprise and fear. Yeah. When it comes to these people knocking on the front door, front door at Halloween, and I actually said, "Oh, flipping heck! What's that?" And I heard one kid behind a mask go. Language.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's different coming from a kid, but I did think, wow, in some houses that's rude.
2: David, if a ghost um, said to you, what the heck, what would you say to the ghost?
13: Um...
2: Sorry, hello? you. Hello, good morning, hello. Well, you know, I feel like the fat kid that gets picked last in the bloody team. Well, no, 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 you're the closing act of the show. Well, I don't see it. I, I well, very, you've, got top, you've got top billing. You're
3: playing the pyramid stage.
2: I reckon. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You're like Jimi yeah. Hendrix at Woodstock.
3: Without the wee-wee. Yeah. Hopefully.
2: I'd, I'd, I'd
13: probably say to the ghost, uh, mind your language, I'm a Christian.
2: Can you be a Christian and be a seance, cyst Well, I, I, was, I mean, I was born a Christian. I, I don't believe in God. Oh, did you change your name? Why? Sorry? Who? So, Christian, tell me about what you've called in for this evening. Uh, David, uh, I've got a new job. Oh! Cleaner?
7: And, uh,
13: well,
2: Yeah, uh, cleaning uh, men's helmets.
13: <laughs> uh, uh, there, there is a, uh, a problem. <laughs> so
2: childish.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Babes. we're Do you know interested. What I mean? Do you know what I mean by helmets? Yeah. I don't mean hats. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I've got two children. I've seen one twice.
2: Sorry? Hm? Helmet? What? You've got girls.
3: yeah. Policeman.
2: Hello. No.
3: What?
2: (laughs) Talking about that. Stop it.
3: Stop it. Now you're getting crude.
2: Sorry, David, you're still there. He's
3: filthy, isn't he? I'm not the
2: one who's got a job cleaning helmets.
13: (laughs) No, I've got a job, but there's a bit of a problem. Okay. Oh, well. I am a a commercial pilot.
3: (laughs) And the problem is you can't fly a plane.
2: Well, I, I, well, in in the words, yes. Okay. Um, well, um, there's a I, lot of I great can't. there's a lot of great YouTube videos. Uh, I, I I learned how to play the mandolin today watching YouTube. Yeah, but
13: don't you think it's a bit dangerous? I've got my first flight tomorrow, and I can't name the airline. No. But I haven't got a clue. Where are you flying to, from, and to? Leeds Bradford to Mallorca. Okay. I mean, no. Um, uh, he to
2: Calais. Okay, fine.
3: Heathrow to Calais. Interesting what? location. Are you
2: sure it's? Are you sure it's um, airplanes and not ferries? Yeah. Heathrow.
3: Well, th-
13: I kind of. I, I, I thought that the test would be a bit more strict.
2: What did you have to do?
13: Well, yeah, you, you have to stand there on a not stand, stand there, sit there on a, a chair, and they, they they give you a, a broomstick between your legs oh. and. And they said, uh, does this feel right, to be sure? Huh? And, and I said, uh, well, you know, <laughs> feels all right. Yeah. And they said, right, to be sure. You're, you're a
2: pilot now, a laddie, to wow. be sure. Well, that was just, I'm okay. not naming, naming no, the airline no, don't. for legal reasons. No, of course not. Well, listen, I wish you the very best of luck. Well,
3: right. you don't need it. They are very
2: lucky. Yeah. I'll try not to crash. OK, thanks very much for calling. And let's hope that, that there are no plane crashes tomorrow. Um, evening, Jimmy. Evening, mate. How's it going? It's all right, fella. What you got for us? Uh a
5: couple of things. First one, you know, Waze, have you ever used it? The, um, sat- sat-nav uh, app called Waze? Isn't Wade. this funny?
2: I'd never heard of it until Saturday when I was following someone who was using it. Basically, it's like a sat-nav, but it will recalculate it if there's, tra- it'll give you options if there's traffic or roadworks. Is that it?
5: Yeah, usually it lets you use the back roads. Yeah, it does. It does. It does. But
7: yeah.
5: It's got this feature which I, I think you might like. For me, it's one of the greatest things, especially for the kids. You can record your own directions in. So you can actually record. Shut up. You know, like at the third exit, at the fourth exit. So we've we've I've recorded mine in, and I picked up the kids the other day, and they were. Just cracking up, rolling up, listening to the different voices,
2: mate. This is gold. Wow, this is all. Oh, I know what I'm doing tomorrow.
5: It's pure gold. Mine. I've done so, loads of different voices, so it makes no sense. So be like at the third exit. Take the wolf. Oh, my direction.
2: Mine's gonna be mine's gonna be vulgar. At the fourth exit, stick it up your bum. You
3: should get the kids to do it.
2: No, I don't <laughs> want them getting involved. It sounds too much it's fun. Hilarious. Yeah, I will do. Oh, mate, that's brand, Jimmy. What a great tip! It's good stuff, man. There, there was uh, something you jogged my memory earlier. You said um, meat raffles. Yes. Is that right. Yeah, yeah, yes, I did. Yes. They could do them in pubs, didn't they? Yeah, they do them in pubs. Yes, got... Yeah, you, and you could win like my a side raffle. of beef or some ham, or you could win like a selection of meats. Yeah. yeah. Yeah
5: man. My old man he was a singer and they used to have this uh competition every Sunday. It's one of the best memories I've got of him. Yeah. And that you could win, you win anything from the meat raffle. And we'd go in there, and he'd just go, oh, "What you want, boys?" Because he could proper sing. Really? Like his, voice, yeah, yeah. His voice, his voice was amazing. like yeah. you know, Me he played the guitar and that, and he would go up and he'd usually sing like something like "Mustang Sally" or something like that. And he, and he, and we'd just pick a steak out, and we'd be sorted. And we didn't, we was, we had no money, so it was spot on. Wow. Do you know what I mean? And he won every
2: so, single time. Every time. Isn't that funny? And did he, voice. did he make? Did he ever? Did he did
5: he, did he? did he like do the club singing? Yeah, yeah. He used to he used to sing. He used to sing uh, in clubs. He was in a band. He used to do a lot of um, like work on weddings and stuff yeah. like that. He, he, he released a couple of songs years ago, and he, and in his old age, i kind of used to take him. He had the old emphysema. Yeah, I used to take him in the studio, and he'd and and once we'd got him in there, which used to take a long time, yeah. we'd get him to sing, and I've still got the recording. Jimmy, now, quickly, what,
2: what's, what's your... Because we got to go in a second. Paul Ross coming in. What's your dad's name? John. Well, <laughs> John, John what, you muppet? John Seal. All right. Hey, Jimmy, listen, we've got to go. Give us a call again. Um, that was brilliant. Thank you, mate. Cool, man. I'm, sure, you I'm assuming your dad's, right. your, dad's, your dad's not with us anymore, is he? No, but I got the recording, so it's oh, still there. Wicked, mate. That's that's actual treasure you got there. Thank you, Jimmy. Cheers for that, man. No, bye bye. What a, what a great call to end on. What's your dad's name? John. <laughs>
3: I'm going to Google John. We'll be able to listen to him all night. (laughs) Oh,
2: what a great call. Well, I'm going to... um, Yeah, you're right. I'm getting the boys to record um, their voices for the directions. That's exactly what's (laughs) Uh, happening. My voice may not be here tomorrow. Catherine, thank you. Karen, thank you. Dear listener, uh, thank you for um, uh, listening. Paul Ross is up next. Ta-ta.